What is up, YouTube? Welcome to another day of Texas Sports Unfiltered, and welcome to the first day of Bucky and BK. He is back from spending 36 hours and change at the Atlanta airports after a wild weekend that carried into the week. The legendary Bucky Godbolt is here making his Texas Sports Unfiltered debut. And finally, Buck, it took a couple of days. Yes. Finally, we've got our morning show here, and you are back. And uh, I know I'm pumped to have you as a big part of this thing. I know all of our viewers and listeners are pumped to have you as well. Welcome, my friend. Thank you so very much, BK. And it is good to be back. And first of all, let me say good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas. Uh, the soldiers in the state of Texas and all those that fight for us each and every day all over this wide, wide world of sports and more. Thank you for what you do. It is appreciated. It is appreciated to you and your families. Thank you very much. But it is fantastic to be back in Austin, Texas. It's also fantastic to be with you and to all the listeners all over, not just the state of Texas, but the entire world. Thank you very much, man. Absolutely. We are super excited to have you on board, Buck, and we are super excited that we are going to be doing this show together weekday mornings from 8 to 10 a.m. You can catch it live on YouTube. Obviously, if you missed the show live, you can find the podcast form on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We are still working on an app, and we should be able to launch it relatively soon, but there will be a way that you can consume all of our great content live in app form, so you can always listen on the go we're going to make this as easy as possible for you guys to consume all of the great content that we've got on this channel, and it is going to be a ton of fun. And yes, every single morning, Bucky will give his love to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos and all over the world. So some of the great Bucky bits from your legendary career in radio are going to be a big part of this thing as well, which is uh, super, super exciting. Yeah, man, it was, uh, it's been, it, it seemed like, for the last week and a half or two that I've been retired because I was half into something and half out of something. If you know what I mean? I was, I was, you know, you know, you and I had talked and making plans of what we wanted to do with YouTube and, and Trey and Kevin and being a part of something that's very, very, is going to be very unique and very special and a lot of fun for folks and very informative too, when it comes to not only Texas uh, football, but Texas sports and, and world sports. So I'm, I'm excited about doing it. This is a new stage in my career. I am not retiring. I'm not retired or retiring. This is more fun. I actually walked up the steps in my home, and <laughs> and I'm in, I'm in my office right now, uh, one of the rooms upstairs here, and and it's fantastic. And I know there's a little bit of glare back behind us, and that is Ricky Williams when he broke the uh, all-time rushing record that's behind me. But we'll get some technical things. We'll get straightened up, and you know I've got all kinds of uh, obvious memorabilia stuff like Priest Holmes jerseys, Gail Sayers, uh, Tony Dorsett, some of my friends, and um, we'll we'll be spotlighting those kind of things in in the for in the background. But uh, there's some things that we have to, some kinks that we have to get out. But and we'll get those out. But just talking sports, you and I, it it's always a good thing. And talking life, it's a good thing because on this day, I am celebrating 23 years of sobriety. How about that? That's that, that in itself years. is all oh, uh, just the last couple of days in itself of not getting just dead ass drunk has been special for me Man. from what I've been through. But the 23 years, I, I, I've first of all, I, I have to thank God because with, without that guidance, it wouldn't get done. There's, there's just no way without the guidance of the Lord that it, this would happen for me. My wife, my friends, the Texas cheaters, you, 
all the listeners to, to where I've come from and over the 24, 25 years of being on the radio, I couldn't do that. My family, I couldn't do that without them. This would not be possible for me to be sober for 23 years because I was hitting it hard. Hmm. I was hitting it hard and uh, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with myself uh, for getting this done for 23 years, but without the right support, uh, it, it wouldn't get done. And for those that are, are struggling with addiction, it can be done. There is a light at the end of the tunnel and it's a beautiful light, but don't find yourself in that dark hole. You know, when I first was at, at the height of my addiction, I remember going to a wonderful place in, in Austin, Texas called La Hacienda Solutions. I went to a program there for six weeks and it was an outpatient program. And I was there with some very young, 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 young kids that were struggling with not only alcohol, but heroin, uh, meth, you name it, they were struggling with it. And most of them, I'm going to say the majority of them felt like I had to hit the bottom first in order to get to the top. And I, I, I just looked at him. I said, why in the hell would you want to hit the bottom? Why, why was there anything in your mind to say, you know what, why do that? And for me, I didn't want to hit the bottom. That was my plan is I was getting towards that part. And I said, why do I want to be at the bottom? Why do I need to hit the bottom in order to bounce to the top? Let me stop that. I have the ability and the means to stop it. Let's stop it now. I don't even want to know what the bottom is like. Uh, I just, I just know this, there won't be a bottom for me or it, 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 I'm never going back to the top if I hit the bottom. And I've been very fortunate. I've never had a recurrence of this alcoholism. And the day that I quit drinking was the day that I quit drinking. I never drank again. And that's hard. It's hard to do, but uh, you can do it if you have the right people around you. It's possible. Yeah, that's incredibly well said, my friend. And you are an inspiration to me and an inspiration to so many people. Oh, so you stopped drinking? Does that mean you uh, stopped? <laughs> is that the deal? Yeah, you know, I'm at oh, uh, you. What are you. You're at 23 years. I'm at two to three days, Buck. Like, we're, we're, <laughs> that we're, is so good for you, man. <laughs> wow, you are you are a martyr. I like that about uh, you. You like that? Yeah, uh, you've inspired me and so many others in many a different ways. But seriously, I know your story has served as a, a model for a lot of folks who have gotten sober from drinking, from drugs, from uh, all sorts of different addiction issues over the years. I saw it, man, working with you during uh, my time in Austin with you, like people would text in a lot and call in a lot and just say how much you meant to them and how much your story served as guidance for what uh, they were going on on their journey. So congratulations, man. You're getting a bunch of uh, congrats in the comments as well. People showing you some love and rightfully so 23 years. That is a, uh, an awesome, awesome number. And uh, yeah, it is, it is great to hear that man. And obviously uh, we, we love you. So and by the uh, way, BK, and thank you to uh, all these people that decided to sponsor us and become sponsors of yes. this show and, and this show all day long. We really, really appreciate it. I'm wearing my Austin Duck Adventures shirt right now. Duck Boat Polly, thank you very much. Ride Splash Quack. <laughs> you know, I had to get that in for, for Paul. <laughs> so, and very soon, our faces, our lovely faces, will be running throughout Austin, 6th Street, all over the place, uh, as a banner will be telling our time and our place to, to catch us every morning. How terrifying is that, that you and me, a couple of radio radio guys are going to have our mugs all over downtown and all through the lake, just on the side of that duck boat. That's a scary awesome. thought. That is fun. At least that part of the, and, and hopefully we won't be going under and not coming back up, but I love Paul. I love the, I love what Paul has done for years and years and that's been his business. And he's put us on, it's going to put us on the side of the duck boats and that, and if you've never had a, a ride on a, a duck boat, Everybody at some time, I believe, it seems like has been on a duck boat tour. 
but don't miss it. I, they're very informative about, you know, when you come to Austin, uh, I think that's one of the, the pleasures of, of, of finding out about Austin is taking that duck towards about an hour. You get on that thing, you go all over down sixth street. They tell you all the historic parts of Austin, and then you splash into the, into the lake and back out. It's, it's a fabulous tour for those that have family members coming into town. So get that, get on it. If you can, and even if you're from Austin and you haven't, you've never taken that tour, do so. Yes. Well worth absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So some programming notes, Ricky Williams, the legendary Lifetime Longhorn, will join us at some point during the 9 o'clock hour today. So definitely keep it locked in. Make sure you tell all of your friends who are Longhorn fans to catch Ricky Williams. He's going to be join us, uh, joining us a little bit later this morning. We are super excited about that. And, of course, you can catch Midday with Trey and BK from 12 to 1 a little bit later right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. So this is the first day we've got the regular lineup, the lineup that you guys are going to see moving forward with Bucky and I in the morning from 8 to 10 and with Trey and I in the middays. And we're working on a few other things behind the scenes. There might be a few more names coming to Texas Sports Unfiltered that uh, we think are really, really going to excite you guys. So be on the lookout for that. All right, we'll get into plenty of sports. Of course, we'll talk Longhorn football on this channel. We'll talk Cowboys and Texans. We'll talk Astros and Rangers. We'll talk all of the big sports stories. We'll do some of that today, and we'll do plenty of that every day right here on this show. But, Bucky, people have been following your tweets like crazy. Everybody has been asking us over the last couple of days about what the hell has been going on in your world. So, man, you went to your 50-year high school reunion. Maybe we'll start with that before we get to some oh. of the travel issues you had trying to make it home from said reunion but uh, would love to hear how things went in Bethlehem, PA, at the fifty-year uh, reunion. Well, it was it was quite a reunion. You know, these are people that I that I went to high school and grew up with, and people are really important in my life and helped mold a lot of parts of my early life. From you know, from obviously from the, my senior year and my freshman year in high school all the way through into college. Where these are people that meant an awful lot to me, and I wanted to see them because. Honestly, at 68 years old, this may be the last time I see a lot of them on this 50th. I, I hope not. I hope we have a 55th where I'm, I'm able to get there to a 60th. But I will not be traveling Delta Airline. I guarantee you that. If I have to take the Amtrak, I'll take Amtrak. But I'm not getting – I'm not flying the skies of Delta in that Tonka toy deal. I'm, I'm just not. I'm not doing that. That that was bizarre. That was not a good – that was not a good uh, ride by uh, – and they, they didn't take very good care of a lot of people over the last 48, 72 hours. And I know they do the best they can, but there are other ways and means of getting to places. Delta won't be one of my favorites again. They, at, at one time, Delta was my favorite airlines to travel. They were fantastic. Got lots of nuts and peanuts and good stuff on the flights. And now it was nothing. I mean, I spent, because I spent the night in the airport. I got to, from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, which I was supposed to leave at 6 a.m. I left at 10 and they talked about weather. And I was like, what weather? Hmm. I mean, I mean, I'm looking at it and skies are kind of clear, but once things get all screwed up, they stay screwed up. So I got into, um, I, I got into Atlanta at 1130 Sunday morning. I didn't leave. I didn't get home until yesterday at 2 a.m. Oh. 2 a.m. I've been on standbys and everything. And I'll tell the story later about how I had to go into my bag of, I'm old, I need medication, my medication's at the house, you need to get me on this damn flight now. But uh, being back with my, with my classmates was an awful lot of fun, Good seeing some of my, my closest friends and dearest friends. I, my, my first 
tale was that on on Friday they had a golf outing, and I didn't I didn't attend the golf outing, but I went to say hello to to the guys and and the young ladies there uh, at the golf courses. They were before they were getting ready to tee off. They were practicing. So I, I first thing I did that morning, I had a big old Bethlehem breakfast, Bethlehem PA breakfast. So I went to a diner, and I had three eggs over easy with hash browns, not little fried potatoes, but big hash browns yeah. with onions and uh, wheat toast, three cups of coffee, you know, did have a glass of water, some orange juice. So I had a real mixture going on. Uh. And then I went to visit my, my brother's gravesite, my brother Stephen's gravesite. And when I got to the gravesite, my, my belly started rumbling. And I was, I'm thinking, oh, no. I haven't had a breakfast like this because I'm used to being on the radio early in the morning. I don't yeah. eat anything in the morning. I just drink coffee. And, and so my belly starts to rumble and I am starting to go, Oh no, I've got to get in the, I got to get in my car. I got to find a bathroom. And you know, I, I'm not just pulling in convenience stores and I would have, but there was between where I was at the cemetery and where my high school was about four miles from there, there was no place to go. So I go pull up to my high school pull up to my high school, Bethlehem Catholic high school. I pull up in there and I'm thinking, well, it's, it's Friday. Some kids working out or somebody's there early at, yeah. you know, eight o'clock, seven 30 in the morning. Somebody's going to have the school's going to be open. Well, this son of a bitch is closed. I mean, this it's locked down. It's summertime. It's like, it's, well, well, it's like a prison. I mean, you can't get in this place and I'm looking at every door and, and, and now all the, and my legs are crossed and I'm walking real funny. You know, I already walk funny, but my legs are crossed and I got to go. And this is it's starting to rumble. So I see this dude on a, on a uh, lawnmower. He's on a rider. I pull over to him. He shuts it off. He comes over to me and I said, listen, I'm an alum here. You know, class of 73. I'm here for <laughs> I'm like class of 73. Yeah. You know, superstar. You know, I said, is there a way I can use the bathroom? Get in to use the bathroom. And he points over to the porta potty. He goes <laughs> right over there. And I'm thinking, you know, and I'm telling my, this story to my, my son. And my son goes, hey, good job there, Hall of Famer. They treat, <laughs> treating you well. 50 years later, you're taking a dump in a porta potty. Well, oh. at that time, it doesn't matter where I'm going. And so I go over to, I park the car. I, you know, crawl over. By this time, I'm crawling now. I'm crawling <laughs> over to the porta potty. And I open it up. It's clean. I'm telling you, folks, this porta potty is clean. This, no. You can see the yeah, you can see the blue wave down below. You can see it. I mean, this kind of moving a little bit. You the know, blue the blue wave. What is the yeah, blue wave? That's the, the water in there. They put that blue stuff in there, and so it's kind of waving back and forth. It looks sort of like <laughs> like a, a beach down in Jersey. I mean, it's a beautiful. It's blue. It's moving. You know, it's and there's nothing in it. There's nothing. There's no no aftermath from you know Jose or Bill or whatever in there. I'm and so <laughs> I'm. By now, I'm just ready. I'm ready. I'm ripe and ready to go. And so I tell Zay the story yesterday. He goes, I hope you took some toilet paper and put it on the seat. I'm like, what? You you, you raw dogged it? <laughs> raw dog. I'm going to the bathroom. I don't, I don't, if if I'm not at my house, it's not like every place I go that I have to put a a condom on a toilet seat. Yeah, like you're a not at your house. You're at a porta potty in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, outside of a high school, dude. My ass, Joe's ass, Betty's ass. Who cares? I mean, <laughs> seriously, who cares? I got to go. Number one thing is, I have to go. 
And no, and I wasn't going to hover over the blue wave and drop it and have the blue wave, the water come bouncing back and get me. I'm like, no, I'm going to sit down. This place sm smells good. The water smells good. The water's fresh. Everything's fine. It's like a day at the beach. And so I sit right down there. And then Zay reminds me, he goes, hey, remember the last time you sat down on something? You were at the, um, you're in Indianapolis. You and uh, Hogan were at Indianapolis. And at the, at the hotel, you sat bare ass on a remote control and you came back and you had after that you had some kind of flu he said well that's nothing compared to what's going to happen to you after you hit this porta potty i'm like oh no the worst is going to happen when all these people that at the airport when i went to sleep like a hobo at the airport when i was laying my face on seats at the airport now that's where i'm going to get sick from i'm not going to get uh. sick from the porta potty I don't know if you can get anything that goes through the bottom all the way up to the top, but uh, it was, it was quite the treat, but my son let me know, he goes, Oh yeah, you're the, you're in the wall of fame in your high school, but they, 50 years later, you're in the porta potty on the premises of your high school, taking yeah. a dump. How great is that for your 50th year? Welcome back. Hey Buck, welcome back. Go to the porta potty. <laughs> yeah. That lawn care guy had never heard of you. He hadn't been oh. in the building. He hadn't seen the wall of fame. He didn't he give a rat's his, ass no, about you. No, he didn't. He was just doing his job and he wouldn't let <laughs> He wouldn't let some stranger with a cowboy hat come strolling into the facilities there at Bethlehem Catholic and a alum, big, big shot, Mr. Big Shot. That that didn't work. So you, uh, you made it to the porta potty though. No uh, no accident oh, beforehand. Nothing made it. It was everything was like I told you, it was plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. It was fabulous. <laughs> It was absolutely fantastic. Dude, I can't you know, believe that you, the guy who taught me that you can't get ass out of jeans, right? You I know. You taught me that you will never wear a pair of pants that has ever been worn by another man. No. You're so conscious about that area down there. This same guy is the guy who was raw dogging it at a random porta potty in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Dude, I'm not crapping in my pants. I'm not going to crap in my <laughs> pants. My theory all my life is as I get older and certain things you just, when you got to go, you got to go. I will crap in your car, in your trunk. I will lean up against the side of your car. I'm not doing that in my pants. It's just not going to happen. I don't, I don't care if they indecent exposure, whatever. Ugh. I'm crapping in the woods and my neighbor's yard. I don't care. I'm not doing it in my pants. It's not going to happen. So I'll go into porta potty. For all I care, that porta potty was cleaner than Atlanta's airport. I would have slept in there before I slept in Atlanta's airport ever oh again. My god that is incredible <laughs> he somebody's he rises but, oh, it, no, was, getting, it was a all nice sorts thing. of comments but folks it was it was it was not like austin texas at 88 degrees at six o'clock in the morning it was beautiful in pennsylvania everything was green it was uh it was it was amazing it was it was nice and i said it was like the jersey shore it was like being down in Wildwood, that water, that blue wave, and I opened up the door of that porta potty, didn't smell. I may have been the first in. This may have been the first. That porta potty may have just got there that morning. No but the chance. waves, <laughs> the waves were really <laughs> nice in the bottom, man. Are you about to go fishing in there? I mean, what are you By talking the way, about? I, and I had my my rental car had wipes in it. So I got to wash my wipe my hands before I went over to the golf course and started shaking hands with former uh, you know, my former classmates. But it was it was a fine time. They did a good job. And the folks that got this thing all together for the 50th high school reunion at Bethlehem Catholic did a magnificent job. And seeing all my old friends and the ladies and the guys, it was it was really, really fun. You know what's weird about reunions, though? Mm. There's always that cast of characters that, that weren't really in your class. How did they get to the events? 
I had my my old buddy Huffy, who was a year before me. I know he probably got held back six times or whatever, but how the hell does he get to go to? I'm like, you're not even in this class. Why are you at the golf tournament? Dude's at the, I mean, it's like a freeloader, you know, like a bum hanging. I'm like, what are you doing? It's you like, to- I, it's like I felt at that airport. I felt like a hobo. I wore this, I had the same clothes on for three days. And that's the same underwear, same uh. socks, same shirt. And people are getting close to me. And I'm going, you don't want to do that. You need to be, keep a certain distance. But man, I have one shirt left though. And I was ready for one more, one more. If I didn't get on the two, get to here at 2 a.m. yesterday yeah. morning, I was going to have to sleep in the Atlanta airport for another night. And you don't want to do that. You slept they, on a chair at the yes. Atlanta airport or did you lay down on the floor and just sleep on the carpet? I did not get on that nasty ass carpet. I just didn't, I didn't, I just said, I'll, I'll get my, my bad back. And, you know, I didn't have my relaxed back chair, but I, I, I laid, got my feet down laid back and there's this dude who was just absolutely snoring he was just rock solid it sounded like a wild moose had been had fallen a car hit it or something he was making all kinds of sounds and it's hard to sleep at an airport i mean it's hard to sleep outside of your regular bed it just is and then at an airport it is it is not good but they had a line uh, a support system at uh, the airport that and when you got in the line it was minimum one hour till you got to talk to somebody. I oh, did this man. four times. So I'd been back and forth. And there wasn't there a Tom Hanks movie about the dude that stayed in an airport to live there for like a month or something. That's how I felt. I it it was it was it was not good. And they didn't do a good job. And I finally went up and my wife, my wife was so worried about me. Joyce was so worried about me. And yeah. I mean I've been around for a long time. I've been in some situations. I think I could take a couple nights at the airport didn't want to, it was not, I didn't want to live there. I didn't want to make that my home, but I had a couple good meals, but no thanks to, to the uh, Delta airlines. They never, they never offered me. They knew people were going to be there for a couple of days. They knew the weather was what they call bad, but they didn't, I, I never got offered a voucher uh, for, for a meal. I never got a hotel. Did they offer you a free no, night at a hotel? No, no, no. From the first time to the fourth time I was there, I, I then on the fourth time I finally, my wife said, you go there and tell them you're this, you're, you put the old man thing on him. And I did, I walked up there and I said, listen, <laughs> I said, I've, I've, I've been at this airport since 1130 uh, on Sunday. And I'm, I said, I'm seven years old, which I'm 68. So I lied. I put, I added two, had yeah. two. Cause this was, yeah. this was that time. This was that whole time. I, I was on a standby flight. A number 39. If you're 39 on a standby, your ass not getting on the plane. You don't yeah. have a chance. You're not making that flight. So <laughs> then I got back in that line again another hour, and I went to telling them, you know what? I'm 70. I've been here for all this time. And let me just say this. Before I even tried to standby, I was actually on a plane from Delta that was coming to Austin. I was on the plane. I boarded the plane. I had, I, I had a seat on the plane. I got on the plane. And I was so exhausted, I had started to fall asleep a little bit. And then I kind of wake up and I'm like, wait a minute, we haven't, are we in the air? Have we left this? Have we left dock yet? You know, I didn't know if we left the port. And all of a sudden, I hear the pilot go, he said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to deplane, you know, deplane this, get out of here because this plane has been, you know, at the hangar for a number of days and they've taken some stuff and fixed it, but they haven't put it back on the plane. He goes, Uh I can't do this to you. He said, I can't fly this plane. This plane is unsafe. This pilot was pissed. He was like livid at 
at Delta Airlines. I'm not even going to say who he is. I don't know his name, Captain Captain Stubing or whatever. He just said, was it, no, was it I, we too low? We too low. He said, we can't fly this plane. And I, so we got off and I'm thinking, okay, they'll just put a substitute plane. Don't they have planes just hanging around there or something? They're no, all okay. over the airport. Like, I don't know why they don't use any of those. There's so many planes at every airport. And no, if you have to deplane, it takes like 10 hours to get a new one there. It makes so I no sense. I know. And so I, we, I get off the plane. Now, I've done this before where they said, just stay around the area because we'll, we'll send in another plane. Dude, I got off 15 minutes later. They canceled the flight. And then oh. the nightmare began all over again. That's when I went there and said, I'm 70. I need to get to Austin, Texas. And I gave them that I'm running. My medication is running out. <laughs> my meds, which probably you should have just showed them your tweets where you're talking about nut cheese. Like that would have oh, been enough to oh, get you on that well, plane. The cheese had already set in. I'd already slept in that gear, but I did have my little, I got at least brush my teeth, wash my face, but the cheese still remained. And that was, and that wasn't dirty nails. I mean, that was nut cheese. I mean, I couldn't have anybody get any closer than about eight feet from me. It was, I couldn't have done that another day. That was horrible. That was that was horrible. I'm so pissed at Delta Airlines. I will not fly. I like I said, yeah. nope. I will take an Amtrak from here to Alaska if I have to. I won't get on that. I won't get on Delta. Delta is now Delta is like public enemy number one to me when it comes to airline. Whatever happened to Allegheny Airlines and US Air? Whatever happened to those? <laughs> I'm I'm yeah. so upset about. I mean, I used to fly Allegheny all over the East Coast, and US Air was like my number one travel partner. Yeah. And I mean, we had people that were going to, to going to get on Southwest Airlines to go all the way to Minnesota and then to Austin. I'm like, no, I don't want to get stuck in Minnesota. I'll, I'll stay here yeah. with all my brothers down here in, in, in Atlanta, but I'm not getting stuck up in Minnesota. I'm not I'm not going to do that. But yeah. what, what we need is that that group called Alaska Airlines to quit just flying to Seattle. They need to get all over this <laughs> all over this country and fly not from just Seattle to Alaska, but they need to they need to get real domesticated and get all over the place. So that was my adventure. It sucked. I've had worse adventures. I've never had a worse adventure on an airlines, but life is, there's been things in my life that have been worse. That wasn't the worst thing that's ever happened to me. But, but when you pay your money and you want, you know, somebody said you should have got your money back or you need to call up Delta. But Delta doesn't yeah. care about you. I mean, those, those people that were behind those desks, you know, when the time came for them to eat dinner, you know what they did? They got yeah. right up and said, I'll see y'all. <laughs> I hope you get a flight, but I'll see yeah. y'all later. I got to get done here. Yeah, I, you're, I, you're stuck. I'm not stuck. I'm going home. I got to eat. I got, I got yeah. some stuff to do. I got some kids to take care of. You know, I got people to feed and plus I'm hungry. And it was, you know, throughout that time, there was lunchtime and those ladies and men behind that thing looked over and took a deep breath and said, uh, it's lunchtime. I'll see y'all about an hour and a half. I'll be back. You ain't going anywhere in this line. This line's not going anywhere anyway. Yeah, if you're if you're willing to fly Delta Airlines again, I guarantee you, you could email them and threaten that you're never going to fly their airline again, and they'll send you some sort of voucher. But it doesn't sound like you're willing to give them no. another chance. And I don't blame you. I mean, you no. could have Ubered. You could have Ubered home from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and gotten back to Austin faster than you did trying to fly. And plus, there were no cars available at the rental places. I'm thinking that. You and I now, when we're doing this this YouTube deal, and and Trey and Kevin and everybody who's going to join us, we need to start finding property at airports where they have rooms that you can go and stay in, like many rooms where you could be there for a night, whether it's one bed or whatever, but little short little suites, you know, that you don't have to pay three hundred fifty dollars a night, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can. A good I can, idea. I can talk to Javier. We can get some friends. We can build in there. We can do some some good things for people. And so they don't have to run off. Oh, we don't have any. We're not paying three hundred dollars for you to stay at a hotel near the airport. Hell, you need what you need is a hotel that's in the airport or beds in the in the airport. Yeah, not a bad idea because people get stuck there all the time. Well, yeah, and and if I put my ass on a porta potty, I'll damn sure sleep on a bed Ugh. that people are come through. That's that's fine with me. Ain't no blue yeah. wave in there though. The blue wave was there was nothing wrong with the blue wave. I'll, I'll tell you that there was nothing wrong with that BK. That that's just, I mean, we as I said, good morning to those soldiers. We got soldiers fighting all over the world, and me yeah. sleeping in an airport, that 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 wasn't that bad for my yeah. back or my my legs or whatever. That's just that was called an experience. That's all. Yeah. That was just an experience. That's I don't want to do it again. I guarantee. I don't want to pay the kind of money I paid to fly to that reunion to Delta airlines for that experience. I don't want it, but it's not the worst thing that, that's going to happen to me. Well, you, uh, it was good. It was okay. Yeah, Good. No, I'm still glad you got to go. Still sounds like uh, it was fun. Getting and I don't understand you guys in a porta potty. No, I'm not going to Goodwill and I don't, I don't buy jeans at Goodwill. I will. I, there's a lot of things I will get at Goodwill, but I will never put my ass in somebody else's jeans. You can't wash it out. It doesn't wash out. You'll, you can, you'll put your ass on somebody else's ass in a porta pot. But that's so that ass is good. <laughs> but I'm not putting those jeans. You keep thinking you're wearing them, and all you folks out there that go and buy jeans at Goodwill, I'll just say this: uh, no matter how many times you wash it, you can't get ass out of a pair of jeans. So you can keep on buying them at Goodwill. Not me. I'm not. I'll. I'll plus, I don't buy cheap jeans anyway. Yeah. Everything else I'll do cheap, but I won't buy jeans. All right, oh, before, before we uh, before we show a picture of you from your high school reunion, because you did want the people to see that, uh, Buck, you have been talking about your Relax the Back chair. I would love for you to tell people a little bit more about what Relax the Back does. You know, I I've I needed support with my bad back for years and years, and I rediscovered Relax the Back. And let me tell you something. I get to live pain-free because of that. I'm sitting in one right now, as a matter of fact. And they've got the best chairs in the world. It's a healthier lifestyle. And I couldn't be happier. My back couldn't be happier. And their motto is live wellness. You know, they've got massage chairs. They've got it all. Man, you can heal. You can recover. You can work smarter. You can sleep, reimagine, and live pain-free just like the buck. Now, they're located in the Hill Country Gallery across from Whole Foods and in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Live like the buck, pain-free. Relax the back. I love, yeah. I love their chairs, man. You yeah. need to get one of those. We need to get I you one, too. I do. Yeah. Once I move back up to Austin, that might be one of the first places I go is relax the back and uh, get me a nice relax the back chair. If I would have had this, I would have slept like a king. I would have been fine. Yeah. The chairs at the airport, man, was that stuff. That stuff was hard. Yeah, hard I stuff. believe it. I'll give uh, I'll give a quick shout out to our guy Ish at 7-Eleven in Monterey Oaks as well. 7-Eleven is your go-to convenience store in the summer. They've got the Slurpees. They've got the Big Gulps. And, hey, they can get your morning started with some coffee as well, all of your favorite snacks, and so much more. Go to any 7-Eleven, but definitely go say what's up to our guy Ish at the 7-Eleven off Monterey Oaks in South Austin. He's a great dude, a good friend of ours, big Longhorn fan as well. He is going to take care of you. Make sure you check out the 7 Rewards program on the 7-Eleven app. It's going to earn you some free stuff, too, if you keep going in there. So big shout-out to our friends at 7-Eleven, and shout-out to our guy, Ish, for uh, being a big part Love him. of this show. Yeah, great dude. All right, let's let's uh, let's pull up this picture, Buck, before we get into some Texas football conversation. 
Uh, and once again, we'll talk plenty of sports and Ricky Williams. Yes, that Ricky Williams will be joining us in the nine o'clock hour. But here is a picture you asked uh, you asked me to share to the people of you at. I guess this isn't at your high school reunion, but this is the outfit you wore to your 50 year high school reunion up yeah. in uh, Bethlehem. Yeah, that's my niece. That's my beautiful niece who's going to her senior year in high school. And I stopped by my sister's house. And matter of fact, they had just come in from the Jersey Shore. And I was dressed up. And, you know, you know, I'm the brother of Clint Black. That's Bucky Blackie right there. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm looking good. I walked into that, that reunion, all Texas out. And it was, boy, all eyes on me. I mean, it was, it was crazy. And I love my hat and love my boots and the wonderful folks over in Cavenders. I was, I was decked out in my area outfit. I was, I felt good. And of, of course my niece was looking at me like, who the hell is this cowboy? That's right. Were <laughs> you the only the guy wearing a cowboy hat up there? Of course. Bad. Of course. Of course. You, That's your uh, old uncle. That's the old uncle buck right there. That's it. Are you the only guy who lives in Texas from uh, from your high school class? Oh, there were there were a couple others from Houston, and they Good. they were so happy to get out of that out of this weather Ugh. here in, in Austin. They, they it was 75, 82 degrees there, just absolutely beautiful. It really was. There's some wonderful parts of the country that are not getting what we're getting right now as we are going. I think our thirty first day of over a hundred degree temperatures. So Man. for those out there struggling, be careful. Really, be yes. careful with this heat. It can. It's oppressive. It can get on you, and it can get on you in a hurry. And it doesn't take hours out there right now, BK, to get on you. And all for all you guys working in construction and people doing things outside, make sure you make sure you hydrate yourself and get those electrolytes in you, and not just water, but some of the other stuff out there. For me, I'm upstairs, 18 steps to get here. I didn't have to get up at 3:30 in the morning, and I would have done that to be with you. But it is nice to be with BK right here in my own home. And I'm, I'm, I'm so looking forward to doing this. I, I really, really am. And I, I know I like to babble on about my life stories, but I've, I've got some great stories. And I know you want to get to sports and everybody out there, but I'm excited about the Texas Longhorns football season, BK. I'm excited. I'm excited about, guess what, the Dallas Cowboys and the NFL in general. Okay. And the, I'll, I'll just say this. The NFL, these people have been spending so much time talking about how they, they wanted to get involved in gambling and, but there's so many guys that that aren't playing because they've taken done a betting here and there. They've been to Vegas and they're doing these online betting deals and they're not playing. Yep. They don't even care about drugs anymore in the NFL. It's about gambling. Yep, they you are very ahead, hypocritical. You go, ahead, you go ahead and snort it up and smoke it up, but hey, <laughs> if you gamble, you got a problem with us now. Yeah, it's pretty hypocritical, isn't it? Right, like yeah. every commercial break when you're watching games on Sunday, you see an ad for DraftKings or FanDuel sure. or one of those sports books or some Vegas casino out there, and they're making so much money off of gambling endorsements, and yet, yeah, the players can't participate at all. So you're right. I mean, sports leagues, this has been a thing forever, Buck. They care about the integrity of the game, and they want fans to think that the sports are fair. Uh, they don't want fans to think that a bunch of cheating is going on, even though cheating in sports uh, has been uh, have been synonymous for hundreds of years. Right. People have always tried to do something to gain a competitive advantage over somebody else. Yeah. If you and, ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Yeah. The professional leagues, they just don't want people to know that cheating is going on. So they feel like, all right, if the players are betting on games, then there's a chance that they're throwing games sure. and that's going to mess with the integrity of the game. But you're right. Like it, there's a ton of hypocrisy going on with the fact that the NFL makes Millions, if not billions of dollars on those deals, 
And yeah, every time a player tries to get involved, they get popped with a suspension. And and the other thing, BK, that's going on uh, all over this country. I know high, uh, high schools are back at it right now. Colleges are back at it. the Texas Longhorns have been at it for over a week right now practicing. But that first meeting that I've been part of for a lot, a lot of years at the college level, and I've got to believe it had to happen at the high school level is, is about hazing. That, mm-hmm. that is now at the pro level, those guys make enough money. They, they do all kinds of freaky things to each other and just move along. But in college and high school, it, it has got to be the, I'm going to say right away, it's probably the number one thing talked about, you know, they're not talking about gambling in high school and in colleges, but they're, or a little bit of it, but they're talking about the hazing deal that's going on. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it saddens me that, you know, some of the, the small things have turned into just erotic, stupid, poor natured, you know, disgusting things that we've gotten to the point of thinking that it's a part of becoming a part of a team. Well, it really isn't. It's not, it's not, it doesn't make you a better player. It doesn't make you a better teammate. It doesn't build up camaraderie. It just, it, what it does, it breaks down the fabric of your football team and it breaks down the fabric of, of your society. Some of the stuff that, that yeah. these guys are doing to each other. That does I mean, these things stay in your memory for a long, long time. It doesn't go away. And speaking of 50 of the high school unions, I, mine's was a very simple deal. I, it, it, I, didn't, I never thought of it as hazing, but I had to put that banana in my tailpipe, in my gray shorts. And during, during the course of, you know, when school started, that was part of being, being, being with the team. It just was something that I never thought of as being very bad. I had to put a banana in my rear end and walk through the line with a tray. And if that, if the tray, if the banana fell out, I had to go back to the beginning of the line and stick it in there and walk again. And that was, that wasn't, it didn't seem like hazing, but now at this, this part, if I would have said no, that that's all you need to do. If somebody says no, first of all, don't even do it. But if somebody definitely says, I don't want to be a part of it, I can't do that. You had to put, you had to put Trey Elling in your tailpipe. Am I hearing that right? No, that dude won't fit in my tailpipe for sure. But, but a banana was walking down the aisle, squeezing those cheeks and, and, and getting, getting my food from the, lunch ladies and then making it over to the table and then you get a clap and that was it that was all that's as bad as it was in my high school that that's yeah. all it was and that was 50 some that was 50 years ago yeah and that and that today is a little bit different than a bunch of soaked up naked offensive linemen that you got to walk through it's 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 bad it's disgusting it's not a part it's not a part of anything com- camaraderie wise it doesn't do anything it doesn't build anything up it just breaks down everybody's not the same you know Everybody, every, you know, I've always had to talk about this with, uh, I remember talking to a group at Vandegrift of fathers about, you know, there's going to come a time where your son's going to have to go into a shower. It's not like the young ladies. You don't get individual showers. You're going to have to walk in the shower with other young guys. And everybody's not going to be built the same. Everybody's not going to have the same, a lot of things. And when you walk in that shower, there are going to be those that will just take a shower, but there'll be those that are going to, 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 to notice something different about you and they're going to talk about it. And there are kids that won't go in a shower. There were young guys and going into their sophomore years. Well, I don't shower at there. I'm like, why you're a, you're a dude. I mean, you just go in and take your shower. You want to be clean. No girl. I mean, no girl wants to be around you. You want, you like young ladies, don't you? Well, yeah, well do take a shower. Yeah. You know, if you got to go through, you know, your classes or uh, depending on how, you know, you have your, your sports and stuff, 
Take a shower. Don't be afraid to go in there with gas. Take that shower. But they, they, kids are worried about what will happen to them, what another kid will say about them. And part of that is life. That's, that's what kids do to kids. But grown men in college doing those, th- those things and making another grown man feel uncomfortable yeah. or you, you won't fit in, I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, look, you can't get away with what you used to be able to get away with, right? I mean, whether you should have been able to get away with it in the past or not, that's, that's obviously right. up for discussion, but obviously times have changed. And yeah, I think with what happened at Northwestern very recently, the, the, everyone's attention has been heightened on stuff like this. So now there's going to be more people paying attention to hazing incidents at colleges and high schools all over the country, all over the world. So uh, yeah, I mean, we've obviously had a few incidents over the last few years that have popped up, but it feels like this Northwestern one is uh, has become such a big story, not just in the world of sports, but it's kind of crossed right. over that line and become a massive news story over the last couple of months as well. It sort of feels like, look, I'm not going to sit here and act like hazing is going to completely go away. Like it'll never completely go away. No, I don't it believe sure it feels like It sure feels like, and this was obviously the hope, I think, with all of the coverage that uh, that incident in Evanston was getting. Your hopes like that's going to make some sort of an impact and maybe deter some kids from trying to indulge in some sort of activities like that. Cause you're right. I mean, I feel like nowadays it does more breaking down than building up. And a lot of people are just a little nervous and scared to join football teams and join sports teams because they don't want to have to deal with the crap like that. Yeah, we want we, you know, we we beg for all the kids, you know, the meek and mild kids to get into the game of football and get into the game of basketball, join in these extracurricular activities, join in. Be a part of that group. Okay, well, make them a part of it. You don't make them a part of them. Make a part of it by having them do things naked and act like idiots over the top of them. I mean, that's not asking them to be a part of the group. That's that that's more separating than anything. And it's and it's embarrassing. It should be embarrassing to those that are doing it, and it should be embarrassing to the programs that let it happen. And 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 I'm going to guarantee you there is not a coach in America at a college level right now that's not having that first meeting, and that's a part of the first meeting. They're yeah. talking about that. They're, they're talking about when you leave this meeting, you juniors and seniors, you better not do that to the, to the freshman kids or you're going to lose your scholarship. You'll be out of here. They're, they're being very, very careful. And even at the high school level, where it really, really should start, is that. And, and, and I, as I said, for, for, for dads and mothers, that they're, they've got the shy ones, get in that shower. Don't, you're, you're, you're just as much of a, a man or a woman or whatever you, wherever you athletic endeavor you're in as anybody else, just go take your shower, get clean and get out. Is that That's, your tip for kids in the car line this morning to go take showers with other kids? <laughs> no, 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 they don't have it, but you know how our showers are. I mean, yeah. I, you know, we grew up in the time where, I mean, if, if you were, if females had their own little separate showers with curtains, Oh, it's just a big old shower now. We all get together and soap up and get the hell out of there. I just want to shower. I'm not, I'm not interested. I'm in, I'm not in there for measurements or anything else. I'm in there to shower, get clean and get out. I'm not a, I'm not a, obviously I go in a porta potty, but I'm not a long bathroom person. When I go to the bathroom, although the last couple of places I've been, I do say hello to people beside me at the urinals. I, I have that habit of trying to get a conversation going and nobody wants to with me. I'm just saying, how's your morning going? How's your day looking? And guys, and people are looking at me going, dude, can I just piss and get out of here? Why are you talking to me? What are you I'm taking like, a look at the guy's watch too? You no, looking over I don't, there? I don't look over. I just head forward. <laughs> I'm straight ahead, but I'm talking like, how's your day? People, a lot of people don't even want that. People don't want you talking to them in the bathroom. No. Much less going 
going toe to toe with them in the stalls. They don't like that stuff. So I, I get out, do business and go. And I wash my hands and then I get out of there. There you go. Yeah. I honestly think the last two things we've talked about are probably the biggest off the field conversations that are going on in college locker rooms these days, right? With the gambling, Hey, don't gamble because that could get you in trouble and that could get all of us in trouble. Absolutely. And also no hazing because that could get you in trouble. That could cost you your scholarship. And obviously that could uh, hurt the team in a big, big way. So yeah, you know, those conversations are happening all over the country right now because those have been the two biggest off the field issues that have plagued football at every level over the last few yeah, months. And, and if you're a parent and you've got a, a, an athlete at a place that's, and you can tell as a parent, what's, what's up with your kid. If there's something up, it's just like bullying. If there's something up with your kid, that's, that's out of the ordinary and, and he's, they're being quiet and real reserved about things. And, and they're not that kind of kid. You need to ask them. And, and, and I would say to the young kids, go tell you, let your parents know what's going on. Let them know, let them handle that with the coaches if you can handle it, that's fine. But a lot of times that stuff is, well, I don't, you don't want to be a squealer. No, you don't want to be an uncomfortable. You want to participate like all the other kids. So be able to participate, let somebody know, and all that bull crap will stop. They'll just stop it. Now you can, you know, yeah, you're going to take your razzing that you weren't the guy that had somebody stick a banana in your ass or something like mm-hmm. that. But guess what? You'll go on, and if you're good enough, you know, and you play good enough and you're a team guy and you're there cheering and whatever, if you're the fifth string guy and you're a part of that team, they'll forget about that. That'll go away. Yeah. But, about, some, of the, uh, but some of the scars ahead. of some of these kids that are doing right now, BK, some of these things won't go away with them. It just right. won't. It was so different. Different era, different generation. I mean, yes. How about this story out of Washington, right? Eric Bieniemy, first year offensive coordinator with the commanders. Of course, he was with the Chiefs for a number of years as Andy Reid's right-hand man. He gets the opportunity to go somewhere else and you know, you got Ron Rivera coming out and saying that players are concerned with how intense this guy is. Like, I don't know if that has anything to do with hazing. I don't think that it does, but you know, it's just a different, it's a different group of players, man. This generation is a little bit different. And some of the stuff that might be classified as old school that you could have gotten away with in the eighties, nineties, hell, even in the two thousands, that stuff isn't going to fly. And it doesn't matter if it's high school or college, because clearly, you know, NFL guys aren't, uh, aren't the same in terms of the way they like to be coached. Yeah. You as a coach, you have to, you have to change with your players. You have to change with the times. That's where they do it all the time. We don't, you know, we're still not going three runs in a cloud of dust and then punting the ball on every down in the NFL, but I'm going to give Eric bien the benefit of the doubt. This is a two time Super Bowl winning, you know, offensive coordinator. He understands how to win. He's been coaching like this for a long, long time. There's some things that, some guys just uh, you're an NFL. You're not a kid anymore. This is your livelihood and you can't take the coach. Who's a little loud. I mean, if the coach is totally disrespecting you, that's different. But if the coach has that, that mentality of that hard being hard on you, wanting the offense to get back in the huddle, you know, one of the deals was they broke the huddle real, real slow. That lethargic kind of deal you see on Sundays midway during the NFL season where guys are a little tired well, this is now at practice, so they broke the huddle real sloppy, and he screamed at him to get back in the huddle. Let's go. I, I, hear, I, I see that in high school football. I still see it in college football. That's something that you don't put up with. You don't put up with sloppiness and laziness when you leave the huddle. You've got a mission when you leave that huddle, and you want everybody on the right page. Well, leave the huddle with a little bit of enthusiasm, and his team didn't do that with the commanders, and guys got all upset about him yelling, yelling about that. I'm like, come on, guys, you make millions of dollars. You're going to scream about that. Your team sucks. 
I mean, this guy's trying to, this guy's a two-time Super Bowl winner. I mean, yeah. the guy wins for a reason. You know, yep. there's a reason why, why he does things. He's not going to change. By the way, Ron Rivera, you got one that's not going to change. He's either going to, you guys are either going to do well, he's going to have your job, you know, or maybe this is maybe another reason is why Eric Bieniemy doesn't get some of these gigs. I was going to say, man, yeah. like you hear stories like this, and whether you are on Eric Bieniemy's side or not, you hear stuff like this, and you're thinking, all right, this might be the reason why a guy who has the resume that Eric Bieniemy has. I mean, Buck, it's been a huge storyline over yes, what has. feels like the last five or six off seasons. The fact that Eric Bieniemy hasn't gotten an offer to be a head coach anywhere else, despite the success the Chiefs' offensive ha- has had uh, under his lead. Uh, maybe you're starting to realize why. Like maybe some teams saw this during the interview process. Maybe there were yep. some stories out there about Bianami doing stuff like this, and you know, owners and general managers didn't want to take a chance on this type of guy nowadays. Yeah, because they want to protect the player. Let's protect yeah. our players. We don't want the players upset. We don't want them to get coached hard. That's maybe too much on them. And I mean, I'm not I'm not out there on the field, but I'm just from what I'm hearing is he's a little hard on the offense. I mean. This guy had Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. I mean, he had some pretty good players at Kansas City. By the way, if they can take it and do what they did, the commanders ought to be able to take it because they suck. I mean, <laughs> come on, y'all. Really? Don't, yeah. you wanna have, don't you want to give yourself a chance to be good and have somebody yeah. hard on you for a little bit? You know, every team every team should be trying to copy what the Chiefs have been doing, Buck. They've been I, I the would. best team. They've been the most consistent team in football over the last half decade. Why not give it a chance and quit bitching and complaining about it just roll with it for a while and see if it works. See if you win some games. See if you can get to the playoffs, you know, instead of worrying about, oh, he's too tough on me, you know. Come on, guys. I I, I just find, I found that to be I, – I mean, but I, but it doesn't surprise me that, you know, because I'm trying to figure – I have been trying to figure out for years, why doesn't Eric Bieniemy have a head coaching job? He's got a fantastic resume. And if this is the deal that's holding him back, shame on some of these owners. But I'll say this, if the commanders get some wins – and that offense starts to perk up a little bit, somebody's going to say, well, I got a bunch of these little candy asses on my team too. I need to hire this guy as the head coach because if it's working for the commanders, maybe it'll work for my organization, you know? But can it hold you back? Yes. Because guys are – are they getting softer? I guess. I guess yes, but I don't know. I just just don't think they've given it enough time before all the complaints come about that this guy is a hard ass. I just – I think that's way too soon. Right. It's the first off season and we haven't even gotten to the preseason. No. Yet, and all of this stuff is coming out. Thank y'all so much for watching today. Please like this video. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to this channel. If you haven't yet, Bucky and I are going to be on live every weekday morning from eight to 10. You've got Trey and BK coming your way every weekday, midday from 12 to one. We've got a ton of other surprises in store here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. So make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Also check us out on Spotify and Apple. We will podcast every single episode that we do. We've got an app coming to the iPhone and the Android. So be on the lookout for that. But before we talk some uh, Longhorn football, I'd love for you to tell the people about audio visual consultations and our buddy Tom McKay. I think all of us know about the great work that AV Consultations has done over the years, and they've hooked you up at your house out there down in the drip, too. Oh, yeah. I've got a big 85-inch screen TV here, and you can, too, as the football season starts to get closer and closer. They've got everything you need to have the entertainment system of your dreams, and you don't have to shop for the TV and then get the surround sound. And they get all the mounts and all the equipment necessary in order to to make it all work because Tom and his guys are going to come out to your home 
and they'll do it for you. Don't try this yourself. I've done this before. I've got plenty of holes in walls where I've tried to put up a unit myself. But Tom McKay, audiovisual consultation is the largest dealer, one of the largest dealers of most televisions and audio brands. They have all the hottest items in stock. That's important. It's in stock. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait around for a month or they're going to tell you it'll be here in six weeks. They've got it in stocks. Most of those units that are available, especially that Sonos gear, Tom has it right there for you. And the thing about that is they're not raising the prices either on Sonos equipment. A lot of people are raising prices. And Tom McKay and Audiovisuals, they're not going to do that. Give them a call today at 512-255-8678. Or you can catch them online at Audiovisual Consultation. I'm sorry, avconsultations.com. There it is. Thank you very much, Buck. All right, the preseason coaches poll was released earlier this week, and I would love to get your thoughts on where the Longhorns are ranked, Bucky. They came in at number 12. They are the highest-ranked team in the state of Texas. They are the highest-ranked team in the Big 12 Conference. No surprise who's number one, the two-time defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs coming in at the top of the list, followed by Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, and LSU. There's your top five. We'll get to some of the other schools in a second, but your thoughts on where Texas is. Too high, too low, just right at number 12. I like it just right. I, I thought from 10 to 12, that would be that would be okay for, for their rankings. They've got a lot of a lot of talent. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian has really recruited well over the last three years. This is a group that is now uh, – you, you don't hear them talk, which, which I like about Sark right now. You don't hear a lot of this, oh, we're very young, which they are. But he doesn't, he doesn't sit back on that and say we're, we're a young football team. He just says we're, we're a football team that's ready now. He feels like this group looks an awful like what he wanted this team to look like, size, speed, uh, special players at special positions an offensive line that I think will over the next two years will become one of the best in the nation. Uh, I, I think he feels very confident about it. Quinn Ewers, I think now is at that point of his life and, and in his career that he is now going to be a leader. I think a lot was put on his shoulders last year. BK, I thought it was too much too soon. Uh, he hadn't played an, an awful lot of football. I didn't play any at Ohio state. He just watched, he watched great players around him. And there's a lot of things that can happen for, for, for people to watch. You can learn an awful lot about from film watching and just being on the field and being around those type of athletes. And he got, a lot of, he got an opportunity to sit there and, and watch at Ohio State. But when he came to Texas to throw him into the fire right away, I thought it was a lot. You know, a lot of incompletions, a lot of inconsistency with his footwork. Uh, and now I think he's to the point when you see him in that media days, at Big 12 media day, he looked like a young man who is physically, mentally ready to now put it on my shoulders. I think I'm at that point now where I can take that, that kind of pressure. And I think this football team will lean on him. I'm not saying just abandon the run game, but I think he's at the point of, of, of his life and his mental stage as a quarterback to handle the kind of pressure that he wasn't able to handle last year. That You had too many good players in the backfield not to put that on them last year. I thought you'd lean too much on what you thought philosophy-wise was a good thing. Let's throw them bombs. And they yep. spent so much time trying to throw them bombs that they should have been handing that ball off to those two great running backs that they had last year. And they put too much pressure on the quarterback too soon. I'm not worried about Quinn Ewers this year. I mean, I worry for the team because he had to be at his best in order for them to win. I don't care how good they are, how well they recruited. The quarterback is the important part. And he's, I think he's ready for that. I think he's ready to take that on. And I think he has some young guys behind him that if he doesn't get it done early, that need to be getting in the games early and playing. 
Mm, yeah, in a perfect world, we don't see Malik Murphy or Arch Manning this season, except in mop-up duty, right? Like right. Texas oh, yeah. beating Rice, you know, 49 to nothing in week one. And okay, yeah, let's see what Malik Murphy has during an actual game. And hey, maybe let's get Arch Manning a couple of reps during an actual game to see what the future of the quarterback position looks like at the University of Texas. But now in a perfect world, Quinn Ewers, number one, stays healthy all season long, right? Obviously, he broke his collarbone in the second game of the season last year. That caused him to miss a few weeks, which sucked. And number two, the hope is he's consistent because you said it, Buck. He wasn't consistent enough last year. You know, in the first half of the season, we saw that quarter against Bama. We saw the game against Oklahoma. There were some moments where it's like, oh, no, this guy is everything that he's been hyped up to be. And it doesn't matter that he's basically a true freshman. Now, this dude's an absolute stud, and we're set at the QB position for the next couple of years. But then the second half of the season happened. And I think about that game in Stillwater where Quinn Ewers had like 14 overthrows and he just looked lost. I mean, he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. Like it was a bad performance from Ewers. And we saw way too much up and down from him over the course of his 2022 that, yeah, for Texas to get to that Big 12 championship game, Buck, and ultimately win that Big 12 championship game, which should be the goal of this team this year, they need consistent play from Quinn Ewers week in and week out. I would be very, very disappointed if the Texas Longhorns don't play in that game. Now, winning that game, once again, anything happens in the championship game. I'm, I, but you have to get there. You can't be an uh, innocent bystander uh, in the Big 12 at the University of Texas this year. You have to be in that game. Everybody wants you to win that game, but you can't not be in that game. You have to be in that game in order to move over into the SEC in 2024 and be ready for a weekend, week-out games like that. I just – you do, or – to me, if Texas doesn't play in that game, then they go into the SEC to me as Mississippi or Mississippi State. That's why I would rank them as those two teams. Yeah. No better, no better, maybe no worse, but no better than a Mississippi or Mississippi State, or yeah. maybe even Auburn. That's all they would be to me. I, you have to win the, you have to be in the Big Twelve championship game, and you, you're going to have to rely on everything. And and for 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 for, for C, Steve Sarkeesian, this guy is going to have to win games himself. There are going to be times where the football team is going to have to rely on the head coach in this year to win two games, whether it's against Tech or Baylor. It's going to be his play calling and and the way he's formed this team that we're going to look back at the end of the season or even during that time and say, or after the postgame and say, Sark just won this game for us. Yep. His play calling. And, of course, everybody still has to, you know, you, st you still have to do all the right things. Every player has to to do his part, you know, execution will be important, but I want to see two games this year where instead of me going, damn Sark should have run the ball there more in the fourth quarter when they had a little bit of a lead. I would, I like to be able to say, man, Sark won that game, his play calling and that execution won the game. And I'm going to put this game, this winner on the coach. I want to give him two games this year out of this season where I can actually say, this is about coaching right here. This was this, they, they executed, but the coach called the right play. This was the right time to run the football. It wasn't the right time to throw it. And he did it, and it worked for us. It really did work. It yeah. wasn't one of those, you look back on it, and we, we start talking about you should have given the ball more to such and such, or Brooks should have carried more balls. I want to be able to say Sark won the game and feel good about saying that. And then people can argue with me about that at a post game or whatever and say, no, he didn't. It was this or that. I want to be in my mind as a football fan of the University of Texas and a former football coach here say, this was about that guy right over there that you paid that money to yep. getting it done. And they need two of those because it's going to happen at least two times against a Tech or a Baylor or somebody of that ilk or a K-State or a Kansas where you have to make the play calls, coach, 
that's going to win the game. Execution, yeah, I understand all that part. But you've done this at practice over and over. You've run this play all week. You have to have the timing that this is the play that's going to win the game. I, I need to see that from him. Yeah, before I respond to that and then ask you another question in regards to that, I want to give some love to another one of our sponsors, the Altstadt Brewery and Altstadt Beer. It's the best beer that you can find wherever you are across the state of Texas. If you're in Austin, if you're in Houston, if you're in Dallas, you can find Altstadt at HEB, Specs, Twin Liquors, Total Wine, Randall's, wherever you go to buy your beer, you can find the greatness of Altstad beer. They've got a number of different brews, something for every beer drinker out there. And they've got two great ones this summer, the Altstad light, which sacrifices on calories, but does not sacrifice on taste. And the Altstad peach Rattler with juice from real Fredericksburg peaches. This stuff is legit. It is fantastic, super easy and super enjoyable to drink in these hot Texas summer months. Pick up a six pack. The next time you're at the store, it is Altstad beer. No impurities, no regrets. None of that for you, though, Buck. Just remember none of that, that for me, brother. That's you know what. But I know, I know what the what the makers of some of these, like our good friends at Tito's and 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 you know Brown Distributing. I understand what they do for the community. It's important yep. that they, I mean, once again, there are people out there that can drink responsibly. Yes, I, I cannot. <laughs> I'm not responsible when I drink. I can't yeah. do it. There's so many of you out there that can do it, and 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 good for you. But yep. I'm not one of those. But from Allstat and some of the some of the sponsors that we'll have coming along, can't be happier with my friends at Tito's and what they've done for me in the community. These are unbelievable community people that aren't just selling alcohol. They're they're doing things in the community. They're putting they're putting their money and their their product and they're recycling it right back into the community and doing some great things. Yep. And shout out to our guy Mike. He's giving you some love and he says, Sad you couldn't find a better guy than BK to do this with. Thank you very much, Mike. Appreciate the uh, love and support there, my friend. Come on, Mike. <laughs> I know he's excited. He's so excited. There's so many people that are excited, BK, about us yeah. doing this deal together. It's just, I mean, as you produce shows with myself and, and E. Hogan, it was not there was there was nothing better than having a young guy who is an up and comer who understood sports but kind of understood life. I mean, and I know, you know, with you being in, being in Houston and being from Austin and family in Dallas, you've got the run of the mill when it comes to sports in the state of Texas. So that is, that, that was important to me in, in this venture of doing it with you. I wasn't going to just do this with anybody. I, I was going to, I, if it wasn't with you, it probably wasn't going to get done. I would probably just be playing golf every day from this <laughs> point on. I, I, I really, really would. And speaking of a guy who's been all over BK for you, your in your area, your Houston Astros are now leading the division. I went away, and when I went away, I mean, well, they're not leading, they're behind. When I went away, they were like a half game back or even tied with the Rangers. Are they still backing up behind the Rangers right now? Yeah, the Rangers actually lead the Astros by three games in the American League West right now. The Rangers haven't lost Bucks since the trade deadline, right? They went out and got Max Scherzer. They went out and got Jordan Montgomery. Now, the Astros made a big trade, too, bringing Justin Verlander back to H-Town, and he had a very solid start in his first start again with the Astros. But, now the Rangers have been playing some great baseball as of late, and it looks like we've got ourselves a pretty fun race in the American League West. It's looked that way for a while. I think a lot of folks maybe thought the Rangers were going to go away because it's been forever since they made the playoffs. And, well, the Astros just generally find a way to win the American League West, right? That's what they do. And yep. they've done that in every full season since 2017. But, uh, no, these Rangers, man, they they look to be the real deal. And they're playing some really good baseball right now. So, the 
the Astros have their work cut out for them. Plenty of time, but they've got their work cut out for them to uh, overcome this deficit right now in the division. Well, while I've been gone, has Verlander pitched? I mean, has he pitched a home game, I mean, in Houston since he's been back? No, he pitched uh, against your Yankees up in New York over the weekend, and he pitched really well. Seven innings, gave up just two runs, but uh, the Astros didn't give him any run support, so your Yankees actually won that game in that series split at the uh, stadium, as y'all like, y'all like to call yeah, it. Yeah, well, they should have, they've got 27 world championships. They don't have like two or three and banging cans and doing all that other stuff. We, <laughs> we just win them. We just win them. Uh, no, it hadn't been. It's been a while. I was going to say, when's the last time? You know, the Astros have won two now since uh, since your Yanks have won one. So, living in the past, right there, you're starting to sound like uh, me with the Dallas Cowboys talking about all those past accomplishments, man. And, and for your Rangers, this is a group now that's getting. They are healthy now. Are they back to healthy? Or are they they're getting banged up again? Well, yeah, the Astros are actually the healthier team right now. It's the first time all year you've been able to say that, right? Because the Astros have dealt with so many injuries at so many different spots. But the big guy, Jordan Alvarez, is back. Jose Altuve, the little guy, is back. Uh, They've got Jose Urquidy back after missing a few months with an injury. So the Astros, look, still some guys out. McCullers, Garcia, Brantley, those guys haven't played at all this season. I don't know. Will Brantley ever play? Is Brantley, is he going to be, is he going to, he's got a better chance of playing for, uh, the San Francisco 49ers, as he does for the Astros, doesn't he? Yeah, well, that shoulder, I don't think that shoulder is going to do too well on a football field either. I have a better chance of playing pickleball than he does uh, <laughs> <laughs> playing with the Astros right now. Wow. But, yeah, but the Rangers now, they, they, they've lost uh, three All-Stars in the last two weeks. Their catcher, their third baseman, and the guy who was their best pitcher this season – uh, all three of those guys got hurt, and there's no legit timetable for when any of those wow. dudes are going to come back. So sort of felt like uh, that was going to open the door for the Astros a little bit. But even despite the injuries, uh, the Rangers have still been playing some really good baseball. The Astros have too. It's not like the Astros have been playing bad, and that's why the Rangers have extended this lead. It's just the Rangers haven't lost in the last week and a half. So that's where we're at right now. And I will I will show a highlight because we have the ability to do this. Cool. They look like look the Rangers are playing Oakland right now, Buck. They're the worst team maybe in the history of baseball. So they won easily last night, and they're they're going for a sweep today. And it'd be like a minor miracle if the A's were able to win one game. But uh, the Astros are playing the Orioles. How about Baltimore, best oh, team yeah. in the American League right now. They've been a really good story this season. Cal Ripken still playing? Yes, no? Cal Ripken Senior oh, and Junior are both okay. uh, are both on the team right now in Baltimore. It's crazy. But uh, no, the Astros were down six three in the ninth inning going up against the best closer in baseball. It looked like they were about to lose, and the Rangers were about to be four games up in the division. But uh, here's what happened last night. Tucker was down early 0-2. Tucker sends one to right field. Back goes Tonton there. All the way back and gone. He did it. He did it. A grand slam in the ninth. What an event by Kyle Tucker. King Tuck is now invading by sea. What? Wow, what the Tucker. Yeah, when you're down by three in the ninth inning, how about a grand slam to give you the lead against the best closer in baseball and the best team in the American League? That was a big-time win for the Strohs last night. Boy, that that hurt the birds badly right there. Yeah, it did. Man, oh, man. Yeah, it did. Baltimore's trying to prove that they are amongst – look, the record says it, but obviously they haven't done anything in the playoffs yet because this is a young bunch that hasn't been to the postseason in a while. Obviously, the Astros are the team to beat across Major League Baseball because they have just owned the postseason in recent years. 
you know, still two more games left in this series and a chance for Baltimore to bounce back and win these next two. But they're trying to send a message to the Astros and maybe to the rest of baseball that, hey, this regular season isn't a fluke. And we actually are one of the best teams in the league. And we really can contend when we get to October. Last yep. night, though, that, that's stung. Yeah, well, the defending champs decided we'll send a message and let you know how we are, too. Yeah, absolutely. As I bang into my microphone there. I don't know if you heard that one. Sorry oh, no, about I'm, that. I like this get this setup. This is this is nice. Yeah. How about not having to leave your house and not having to wake up at 3.30 in the morning, huh? Yeah, dodging the deer on the way out of Dripping Springs and the, you know, the one-lane roads out of here. It's it's just it's comfortable. It really is. It really is comfortable. And we'll get more comfortable each and every day that we do this. And, you know, to be with, you know, to, to have time to spend with my doctor, Doc Trey, you know, back in the fold with him is going to be weird and exciting at the same time. So Doc Trey, yes, please tell me you don't go to Trey for any sort of medical advice. That'd be a disaster. Well, I'm having a little arthritis in my, in my pointer finger on my right hand. And Doc Trey is letting me know some of the things I need to do in order to get that all loosened up because, oh, speaking of the good doctor. <laughs> oh, no, you summoned the doctor. I summoned the doctor, man. It's good to see you. Bucky, good to see you in the office once again. How's everything feeling? Everything is, doc, everything is good. That's finger, playing golf with four fingers is not good. I stink as it is, but I really stink now. You really need to work on getting that flexion back into place. You need the full bend for a lot of different reasons in life, but especially when you're out there on the golf course. And how has the sleep been since you were stuck in the Atlanta airport for a couple of days? Has the sleep been okay over the last night or two? Yeah, it really has. I, I, I tell you, it's, it's very nice there, Doc, for me to, and to actually go to bed now at 9, 9.15. And so for years and years, I, obviously I've been just lying to the public to the people that have listened to me because the pretense and BK, you know, this and Trey, you know, this being former producers with me when I'd come in from a Monday night football, talking about the second half of games. Did you think I ever watched the second half of football getting up at three 30 in the morning? Are you kidding me? The, the games that end at 11 o'clock, 11, 15, while you guys are watching those things, do you think I'm watching football or any of these games that start and, and end at 1130 Monday night football? I don't even know the last time I watched a, an entire Monday night football game. I don't give a damn how exciting that shit was. You think I actually watched the game to the end of a game? <laughs> I did see my I saw highlights the next day at 3 30 yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Uh, you you're, you're not watching Pac 12 after dark at like one in the morning on a Saturday night? Well, I don't have to worry about that because there, there won't be any more Pac 12. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch that football because they don't have football any longer. Oh, man, that is true. One more question from the doctor, Bucky, before I uh, slink back into the shadows. Have those hemorrhoids gone down since uh, since you're no longer working at the Horn? Has that stress gone away? You know what I forgot to take is my relax-the-back chair from them. But you can keep it. I'm not going back in there. I don't know. It's Who knows? I mean, I don't know. My key probably doesn't work. I don't know if they paid the rent or whatever. You know, you're still putting rent on layaway. Who knows? I Probably can't get in the building anyway. They can keep the chair. I'll get another one from uh, my guy Jason Caldwell over at uh, Relax the Back. By the way, you've been dealing with Relax the Back. You've dealt with them before, too, to getting some things done to your incredibly fit body. I've bought so many massage tools from Relax the Back over the years. It's honestly a little bit embarrassing. And my favorite chair in my house is a Relax the Back chair that my brother won at the Mullet Open 
and I had to pay him a couple hundred bucks for. <laughs> great investment, by the way. I'm, I would have been happy to pay a couple hundred more considering just how great this chair is. It's, what, it's what's in my office, and it's the most comfortable place to sit in my house, too. Yeah, well, I, I'm good there. And th- those folks that relax the back are going to do some really cool things. You know, I'm still going to do the tips for kids in the car line when school starts. And they want to give a chair in the in our area here in the Austin surrounding area and then give a chair away to a teacher down in the San Antonio. They have stores in San Antonio. They want to give a chair away for a teacher down in the San Antonio area. So we'll have to have a, a way of getting our listeners to to tell us about their favorite teachers so we can give that first semester. We'll give away a chair in this area and the San Antonio area from relax to back. And these chairs are, they, I'm not going to say pricey, but what's the price you pay for, for having the comfort for your back that you need, you know? So I'm, I'm looking forward to, for hanging with that group. It's going to be an awful lot of fun. And then, and it's good to, it's good to hear you. Good to see you. How's your trip in Colorado? Trip's going great. I'm actually going to slink back into the shadows now. But as we've learned with toilet paper over the years, you pay for what you get. So the single ply versus the double ply, same thing goes for a comfortable chair. Y'all are sounding great this morning. Thank you, buddy. Good to see you. Talk to you soon. You know, Doc Trey. Doc Trey, I I don't know if I had single ply or double ply in that porta potty. I it worked. I'll just say that it worked. I'm just glad you had TP in there. I didn't even ask. I was worried that maybe you had just gone without even using it. But No, I did look. That's the first thing I look at. When entering airport bathrooms, I look to see, because I don't want to get caught in an airport stall and run into the next stall or asking a guy to hand me some from underneath. No, I, I, that's the first thing that is checked. When oh. I, go into, I just can't believe this potty talk by me. I'm not, I'm not a potty guy, but I'm telling you, I, People don't understand. They do understand. There are people that listen to th- that are listening to us that are, are near my age, some of you, and, and understand that when there's an emergency like that, you're going to do anything you can not to do that on yourself. You're just going to BK. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just. You, you have you better control to, at your age. You have more control. You couldn't go to a gas station or anything. No, you had to man. go to your high school porta pot. I was praying to my brother at the cemetery praying. Hey, give me, give me a little love there. I got to make it. I can't do this. I've come out here to see you get me to a spot. No, I, I couldn't go to a gas station, filling station. Hell, if you're in, the, in this Austin area, they won't let you in these places. You can't go in. I'm sorry. You cannot use our bathroom. Oh, you're yeah, not allowed to or use, something. Yeah. You're not allowed to use our toilet. No, oh, no, man. no, no buck. You look homeless. You can't go in there. Really? That's, that's amazing. All right, we are uh, we are efforting the great Ricky Williams. We're uh, doing a little texting back and forth, trying to get some technical issues resolved. So, hopefully, uh, the link I just sent to the legendary Lifetime Longhorn works, and hopefully, we'll get Ricky Williams on the show here. And you know, we're always on Ricky Williams' time when the, when the time that it is for him to be with us. You know, it is always Ricky Williams' time. It just is. We're on his. We are always on his schedule. That's how that works. Yeah, you know that better than I do. While we uh, while we wait and hopefully get Ricky on board, let's uh, give some love to another one of our sponsors. How about Sentex Tickets? They've got tickets to every sporting event your heart desires. If you want tickets to Longhorn Games this fall, they've got you covered. If you're an Aggie fan and you want tickets to Kyle Field, they've got you covered. It's not just college football, though. It's the NFL, Cowboys tickets, Texans tickets, baseball tickets. If you want to watch the Astros, if you want to watch the Rangers, you can get all of your tickets from SentexTickets.com. And it's not just sports, concert tickets, Austin City Limits Music Festival, Broadway shows. I'm telling you, they have everything 
You can buy them all online from the comfort of your own home. All of their tickets are 100% guaranteed. Our guy Shelby over there at Semtex Tickets does a great job, and they are going to take care of you. Check them out online at SemtexTickets.com. And, Bucky, I think we've got the man of the hour. I'm going to let you introduce him because he's he's your guy, your former player. Why don't you uh, be so kind and bring on our very next guest here on Texas Sports Unfiltered? Well, joining us is one of my children. As a matter of fact, I have four, but this is the fifth. And he is a lifetime Longhorn. He is one of the greatest players in University of Texas history, a Heisman Trophy winner, 13,000 yards in the NFL. He is my big boy. Ricky Williams. Ricky, good morning, my friend. One of the greatest. Come on. Oh, come on now. <laughs> How are you doing, man? I'm pretty good. Doing all right. I, I you know, I, I wanted to call you Eric Lynn. I've never called you Eric Lynn. Yeah. Now, that is, people don't really understand, but that is your real name, Eric Lynn. Yeah. When I was born, that's what they put on the birth certificate. And now, what do they put on the birth certificate now? Eric what would be Myron. on your birth certificate? Eric, Eric Meyer. Meyer. That's on. That's on my social security card right now. And so my driver's really? license. Yep. That, okay. Now, you know when when I first heard you had changed your name, the first thing I thought is, what did you do to have to change your name to your wife's name, <laughs> to your wife's maiden name? <laughs> oh I was like, God. you did some. You did something. You you're that's, still not going to tell me. You're probably going to tell no, the world right now. But I you will. did something. No, okay. I will tell. I will. It's tell. it's a it's a it's a cool story. So most people know now that I'm into astrology. And so my, my wife is into astrology too. And, and one of the things we enjoy doing together is taking astrology classes together. And so a couple of years ago, we took a class on relationship astrology. And what we, what we learned about our relationship was that it's skewed towards me, that most things in the relationship are going to tend to favor me and go my way. Oh, I can, and, I can believe that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and then you add that I'm famous and everywhere we go, people forget that she's there and they, all the attention comes to me. And so I realized what, because the relationship to me is about equal partners and there's things that make that difficulty. So I thought, what things can I do to, to make her feel more equal in this partnership? And, and to be honest, my history and relationships, I've never really been faithful. And, and so she was clearly aware of my history. And so it's kind of, you know, again, just being real, you know, coming out and saying, this is the person that I love. This is a person that I'm committed to. And there's no questions. There's no hiding. There's none of that. And so just about learning from my past and, and wanting to have a different future in my relationship and thinking of the steps that I can take to, to do that. And then when our son was born and the question came up of what's his last name, it just it just made sense. It made sense. So I took the opportunity to to make the switch. Well, I then congratulations to you. I, that is that's fabulous thinking. That's forward thinking right there into yeah. more than just your life as a as a star, as a celebrity. You're thinking about someone who is now very important in your life, your partner. And that's that is um, that's to be commended. Yeah. I'm not well, changing you know, my name to Pizer. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still the one. You know what I'm saying? Here's what you need to know. In my life right now, I've got the one, but I'm still the one. You know yeah, what I mean? I get it. I get it. I totally get it. But you had yeah. to go through so many things, Ricky, and 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 for you and getting to know you and getting to be around you and 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 I, I'm not even going to call them ups and downs. Your life has been filled with ups to me. Yeah. They're, 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 those are just the downs are just journeys, but your life yeah. has been filled with ups. And from the minute I met you and you thought you'd be an all American linebacker and, you know, and, and I would have been, 
Oh, uh, you American linebacker. <laughs> you'd have been that win. That should have been. How's that? No, I would have. I would have. Yeah. I, I just thought that you know, I, as I tell stories about you and, and and meeting you for the first time, and I and I said that Ricky told me he was coming to Texas to win the Heisman Trophy. He never told me he was going to graduate from the University of Texas. He said he was coming to win the Heisman. Now you did graduate from University of Texas. Eventually, yeah. But and it doesn't I, matter. You did it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I wasn't coming to Texas to graduate, you know, because I barely graduated high school. You know, it's like being a, being a student really wasn't my thing until after my career. I was really so so focused on being the best football player I could possibly be that when I looked at different colleges, I looked at what environment what situation will allow me to be the best and a big part of that was you and coach McAvick you know I, I first of all coach McAvick I believed in what he said what he said because a lot of head coaches when they recruit you they lie just to get you there and I was here I was a fullback in in high school and I wanted to start as a freshman and so other schools that had tailback said oh, we'll put you at fullback and then when they leave you know we'll, we'll move you up and I didn't believe him but when I watched film and I, and I talked to John, I felt like he gets it. He's going to give me a shot. And then when we started talking and connecting you and I, I fell in love with you. I was like, this is like someone I really like and respect. And I could see myself being with them for the next for the next four years. And then on top of that, when I took my recruiting trip and I was around the guys, I had that sense of family and, and I was in. I, I knew on my trip that this is the place Texas was the place that I'd be most successful. Yeah. Is it true, Ricky, that uh, you first wore the number 11 at the University of Texas because that's what Bucky wore in college and you wanted to make that number more famous than uh, than he could? <laughs> it's, it's kind of the story. I wanted to wear number one, but it was, it was already committed to to Brian White, a uh, little receiver we had. And so couldn't wear number one. And so I thought the next best thing was two ones. And then when I heard it was Bucky's number, I was like, yeah. I'll do it. I'll make this famous. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you also, and, and also at that time, there was the, the one of the fullbacks who had been at Texas that had 34, and you didn't want to take his number. Yeah, exactly. Out of respect for him. Yeah, he was an upper class. I wasn't trying to come in as a freshman. I mean, McAvick had a McAvick wasn't giving me the number as a freshman that someone else had. And then when when McAvick left and Coach Brown came in, I saw an opportunity to to make a switch, and so I switched to 34 and. And now people that aren't from Austin, they all forgot that I wore 11. So I actually didn't make it that famous. But. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That sounds good. That, that sounds good. And, and, and once again, I, I'll, we'll, I'll tell the quick story about the first game when we played the University of Hawaii. And Ricky just had a fantastic game. And he and Sean Mitchell, the other running back, it was, it was in the fourth quarter. The game, we had the game kind of in hand. And Ricky was having a great, just a, a, a great time. And, uh, in this game as, as a freshman. And he and Sean Mitchell, the, the parents, your mom was in the stands. Sean Mitchell's family was in the stands in Hawaii. We had made that trip to Hawaii, which is one of the great trips for me because I had never been to Hawaii. And for me to go to Pearl Harbor, and you guys saw tears in my eyes, and I just thought of the memories that have happened at Pearl Harbor. And, and you guys as young freshmen didn't understand about Pearl Harbor. You couldn't – it didn't come into your, into your thought process about being at Pearl Harbor. And to me, you know, I had had – people in the service i had learned a lot about pearl harbor and to actually be there it, ricky was eerie it was a really weird feeling going over to the memorial and stuff but in that game you and sean wanted to know if you can go and sit with your mom up in the stands i'm like what are you guys talking about they're like you I mean like take your shoulder pads off he said, oh the game's over with well yeah the game is over with but you have to be down here with the team you guys were asking if you can go sit in the stands and sit with your family 
and watch the rest of the game. And and I was like, are you you got to be kidding? You you two guys are really, and I think you guys really would have done that. We would have said, you know, it's, it was that was nineteen ninety five, and I imagine in two in twenty twenty three, there's probably some coaches in that situation that would be like, sure, no. I mean, there's no rule against it. The game was over. I mean, it, it's funny because that, that was Sean, Sean, and and myself. It was our first, you know, big time college college football game, and so we just knew what we saw on on television and on TV. You know, when they True. in the preseason in the NFL and the games in hand, you know, you see them on the sideline with their shoulder pads off, just chilling. And I was like, we're big time now, so we should be able to go hang out. This, this game is in hand. This college football stuff is job. easy. I did a terrible <laughs> job not having you guys understand about that. Ricky, let me, let me ask you this. And this is a, a, a question we started out actually about the show. And there are so many great memories you have in being around Mac Brown and the man who could talk a hungry dog off a meat wagon. But there, there's so many things going on in college football and, you know, with hazing and stuff like that. And your thoughts, I mean, you're such a forward thinker. To be a part of a team – you don't, you don't, the, the hazing that's going on. And I, and I told BK, that's the first thing that coaches are talking. You know, that meeting, that first meeting that you come to, you know, the one that you were probably late to at the University of Texas because you yeah. probably were 15 minutes, thought you were still on California time and we were yeah. on Central time. Um, <laughs> th- those meetings now have that, that, that's a part of what coaches have to talk about is how you treat people on your team, people that you want to become members of your football team and how, what kind of respect you have to show to a kid that's 17 and 18 years old. There's no, there's no real age limit on how to respect people. And that's got to be one of the first things out of the mouths of, of, of co- high school coaches now and head coaches in college football. Yeah, it's true, but I'm not sure how, how much they actually mean it. You know, I know they, I know they have to say it. And yes. this might be a little, little risque, but I, I think when hazing goes too far and, and the wrong people are hazing, yeah, I think it's it's dangerous, but there is something about, and you see it in the military, you see it in contact team sports. There is something about when a group of guys come together and they're trying to accomplish something difficult that they want to have some kind of inner knowing that the people they're around are not going to run away when the bullets start flying, mm-hmm. you know. And and so, you know, and I think coaches kind of do their own form of hazing. I know the conditioning test and those first couple sure. of days, or either way it used to be, there's those first couple of days of training camp, the, the first goal line drill, you're trying to weed out the ones that, you know, that aren't going to be, aren't tough enough to make it. Um, so I, I think maybe the hazing in that sense, not the, the kind that goes overboard, but this right. true testing to make sure that everyone's on board, I think it's necessary for every for everyone to feel comfortable that I'm going to give my best. I want to know that the people around me are going to do the same. Well, you know, they can't, uh, you know, you know, you can't tell the coach, no, I don't want to do this sprint. No, no, no. This is hazing. You can't tell. Coach is going to be, what are you talking about? You're not. No, I think this is hazing. This is not good for me. Mentally, I can't take one more sprint. That's where that's that's where it's headed. That's what I'm saying. That's where it's headed. But it's it's a game. And and at least my coaches, they said we make practice extra hard. So when you get in the game, it's easier. And to me, at least in in contact sports in the military, that's really the the spirit behind hazing. It's not trying to punish someone. It's not trying to hurt someone. It's just it's an initiation in so many indigenous cultures since the beginning of time have have recognized the importance of these kinds of initiations that are preparing people for what they're about to face. 
Yeah, it's all it's always gone on in sports for sure. And it feels like, Ricky, and you tell me if I'm wrong on this, but it feels like a lot of times it's the players who are kind of leading the charge there, right? Obviously, the coach is coach and they do their thing, but it sort mm-hmm. of feels like a rite of passage where the upperclassmen, and hell, you probably saw it in the NFL, where the veterans in the NFL kind of ingratiate you into the league as a young pup. That's sort of how it works, right? It's sort of the teammates just trying to make sure that those guys are actually willing to do what it takes for the team to be successful. Exactly. And I think that's really at the heart of it. Even, even you know, having to stand up in front of the team and, and sing the fight song, that's a form of hazing, but it's showing that you're not going to let your self-consciousness get in the way of actually performing and showing up for your teammates. Yeah, you're not worried about your voice and what it sounds like. You're just being a part of, of a group. They don't care about your voice. They don't care about that anyway. They want to know how you're going to play. And then when things get tough at the goal line, are you going to make that kind of block that's going to get you in there for for a touchdown ricky let me ask you uh, i want to ask you some football stuff before yeah. we let you go uh, Bijan robertson you've got a chance now to watch this young watch this young guy at texas for the years he was there now with the atlanta falcons D- tell me when you style wise uh, of all the all these running backs that you've seen over the course including yourself and priest and guys like that, his style his style of, of of running with the football over the last four years at the university of texas what did you think of his style and and I, I know you enjoyed this kid's character and, and what, he, what he brought to the university, very similar to you. It, it was a, a personality that was very, very important to have on your team and around your community. But what do you think of B. John Robinson? You know, I think what jumps out most is his versatility. You know, he catches the ball extremely well. He can run routes. He's got size. He's fast. He's explosive. But I think most impressive is his lateral movement at full speed. I mean – Watching him make a, a a cut at full speed, man, what he can what he can do is is it's amazing. And I, I feel like he's gonna. My prediction, he's gonna be somewhat similar to Emmett Smith, you know, especially okay. if Atlanta if Atlanta can play well, meaning someone that had a, a a really good college career, but they went to the next level and they were able to really get the most out of their ability. And right now in the NFL, there's not a lot of teams that spend time and energy. Um, game planning the the run the run game you know as most of them spend all their time in the passing game and they use the run game to keep the defensive ends and the linebackers honest but one of the things about the falcons is they they actually scheme their run game so i I think Bijan's going to have a great opportunity not only in the passing game but in the run game to really do some special things in the in the nfl i kind of want to follow up on that real quick buck you know you, you talked about the running game kind of being devalued right now in the nfl ricky and that's been a huge story this nfl offseason there's like a lot of really good accomplished running backs uh got cut got traded some guys still can't find teams and it just feels like the nfl has changed to where people just don't care about the running back as much anymore you as a guy who played the position you know what do you think about uh, what's going on with that position these days well, sometimes I feel like I'm part of the reason, <laughs> you know, where <laughs> you realize because in some ways running backs are not dependable. You know, I think there's two reasons. One, it's it's probably the most physical position on, on the offense for sure. And so running backs, they get banged up and, and their careers tend not to last as long as other positions. And I think, too, the kind of person that that signs up for that kind of punishment, you know, a different kind of person. And for you know, sure. Yeah, what, what, what I've been thinking about these conversations is that, again, there's not a lot of coordinators that, that even really, I think, know how to scheme a run game anymore. You know, this is something that John Makovic with the motions and the shifts and getting people in the right position to 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 get the most out of the, the run game. North Turner is another brilliant run game technician. These guys are, are 
not around anymore. And I think most of the brilliant minds in, in football are all geared towards activating the passing game. And so, unfortunately, in, until running backs start to become more active in the passing game, I think you're going to see the, the position be devalued. Yeah, it's 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 going to take a little bit of time, and and you know with the C, you know with the collective bargaining agreement, Ricky, that they signed into, guess yeah. what? You're slotted to make this money, yeah. and until until that changes too, until that comes around, and you get a chance to have those voices and, and let people understand. Well, they understand how important you are. The team understands that. It is it's the guys who sign the checks that don't understand that. The team it's, understands. It's, it's the team, the team's in a difficult position because when we look, when we look at it from a business perspective, it's a market. And yes. I, you know, I'm telling you, I remember, so it was 2000, 2000 and I was with the saints. Jim has its first year coaching the saints and he was giving me the ball like 30, 30, 35 times a game. And we, we were on a streak. We won six games in a row. Okay. No one was stopping us. Okay. I mean, we were running power down, down the throat of everyone week 10. Okay. Heading to the playoffs for the, you know, one of the first times in Saints history. And week 10, I break my ankle. And I remember the look on Hazlitt's face. You know, I if I was reading his mind, he was like, I will never depend on a running back again. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. Depend, I, I got to depend on the, the left tackle. I got to depend on my wide receivers and the quarterbacks. But I can go find me a bunch of these running back guys. Yes. They're not exactly. dependable. Yes. No, they're uh, they're workhorses. They you you banged them up. You just said it. They're going to give you the ball forty times. What do they expect? It's going to happen eventually. Something bad is going to happen to that person. <laughs> yeah. So it makes sense. That position that gets banged up the most, you know, devalued. So what I say is the running backs when they come out, especially big time running backs, they should demand more money up front. And I think it should just be known that a running back's career top is going to be five years. You know. And if he yeah. gets more, you can think of it as bonus, but taking that beating for more than five years, no, I, I just don't see it happening so much anymore. And, and in the run game, you've seen you've seen them all and, and you've studied them all. I mean, you would emulate anything you saw in a film, you would go out and try. Any Barry Sanders move, you would give it a try. You didn't even have to practice it. If you just saw it on film, you could do that. But it's hard to emulate or imitate a guy like Derrick Henry. You just, you just don't you don't do it. You don't watch a film and all of a sudden say, "Hey, I'm going to go out and run like Derrick Henry." Nobody runs like that dude. That that his longevity and and the punishment that he dishes out is incredible to me. And how he could do that week in and week out. And I don't care about his size, but I know where they hit him too. They hit yeah. him underneath the chin, under where the pads are, in the in the, underneath the rib cage, those areas that are exposed in his nuts. They hit him anywhere. Anywhere they can get a piece of him, he is going to get hit there. And week in and week out, that big son of a gun comes right back. You know, if, if other positions got hit like that guy does, they don't come back every week and continue to play. Hmm. Hmm. It, wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. And so, again, when I was younger, and I, it's important when you're young to be a little bit naive, so otherwise you wouldn't do anything. But now being, being a little bit older and understanding the game, I think that five-year mark, you know, is, yeah. is, is, really, is really the sweet spot. Because, you know, as you get older and keep going as a running back, especially when you keep getting better, the target on you just gets bigger. And so you're sure. taking more shots. More teams are game planning. And over time, you're just going to wear out. How was – let me ask you this. How was your your uh, your podcast with Pat McAfee? Uh, I mean, is he – I mean, we're in this – this is our – this is myself and BK's first day, day together. Now, I've, you know me, I've been in radio for 25 years now. 
Yeah. How is how is he? He's been so successful. How is he as a podcaster? I, I was impressed, you know, because he his his skills, he can talk to anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's like he's intelligent enough that he can make a connection with any with anyone he's talk anyone he's talking to. And I think because he did he played in the NFL, he's got he's got background information to be able sure. to really connect, especially that to athletes. So, so I, I got a, so I got a chance. So we have a chance then. You got a you got a chance. Of course you have a chance. You you know the game. You know, and it's 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 really to me a podcast is giving the guests the opportunity to to express what they know and what's what's important to them. And so much of it comes down to the quality of the the questions asked. There you go. I like that. Well, we we'd be remiss, Ricky, if we didn't congratulate you because earlier this week you were announced as a 2023 Distinguished Alumnus Award winner from the University of Texas, basically honoring everything you've done in your career. Pretty big deal, man. Congrats on that. I saw that come down a couple of days ago. That's that's when they give that's when they give you honor for getting your degree in your latter years. That's what that's about. <laughs> Thanks for getting it done. Yeah. You know, it, it's cool. It, it's a big part of my story in the sense of I got in a lot of trouble, you know, and I think people are afraid to be themselves because they're afraid of the backlash. But this goes to show, you know, if you're going to be yourself, people might not understand you a bit right away but eventually people will get it and when they do they'll they'll appreciate you and they'll reward you for it so yeah and and it's and it it is that respect ricky that you're talking about and you know you know some people said i want respect but you have to earn respect it it really is i mean that's that's something that you have to earn uh, no matter what walk of life you're in you don't just give it you don't people just don't give you respect because you're 50 or 40 or you've been a great player you earn that respect in, in all aspects i think you earn the respect from people more so outside of what you're really, really good at. It's that other thinking that people say, wow, this guy, this guy, or this gal is something really, really special away from what they call their profession. This is a good person. This is a, a, a unique person away from what they do. But I also want to ask you about another guy in, in your life besides AJ and 34 Wine and Spirits and how you guys are doing with, with the store. The Wine and Spirits store, let me just say this. You guys have been knocking it out of the park. This is This is something that that has now been around Austin for what, five or six years or, or, or more now that has been absolutely fantastic. And you guys are opening up new stores and doing new adventures and business wise. And I'm thinking of my son and you business wise, you guys are really doing, doing it the right way. Are you enjoy doing this? Um, there, there's something about doing business with, with family and people that you really care about. And a lot of people say, Oh, I don't want to mix. But to me, there's this level of trust. And mm-hmm. the, the feeling of something feels it feels good to go to work. It feels good to have calls about 34 Wine and Spirits. And so, you know, I met AJ when when he was 11. I was 18. And he, he really was like a little brother to me. And to be able to see him be successful and to do it together, it, it really has is, is been, is been amazing. It really, really has. And, and the other person I definitely want to ask you about is, you know, you've talked about John and, and how, I mean, John Makovic, was and I tell people people really never understood this guy, but John Magovic let me coach the way I needed to coach. He never said he never said, "Oh no 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 no, take him out. You, we don't want to do this. This is what here's what I want to do." He always gave me the ability. I, I was around a, a couple great coaches. One was Tom Coughlin, and one was John Magovic, and and both, well, Tom Coughlin kind of formulated what did I needed to really learn because he was. He was a special kind of guy. I mean, being on time and things like that. But John, just let me coach the way my personality allowed me to coach with players. But for you, Mac Brown, 
and I know you've had to talk about Mac an awful lot. You know, I got to spend time with Mac when you were inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in New York. I got to spend some time with Mac and Sally. And your reasoning for staying at Texas that, that extra year and being around Mac Brown, what was special about Mac to you? Um, you know, it's, it's, I'll compare the two because, you know, I was with, I was with John for, for three years. And what I love most about coach Makovic was exactly what you just said is he, as a, as a true freshman, he gave me the ability to be on the field and make my mistakes and to figure it out and do it my own way. And I, I oh, it was such a gift for, for a young football player. It really allowed me to find my own, to find myself and to find my style. Um, but on the personal level, you know, John Bakovic kind of had kind of had issues issues with people. Where now flipping to to Coach Brown, I don't know if I ever saw Coach Brown coach football. I mean, when when we got, I mean, he's like a leader and a politician, but I didn't ever see him coach an X or an O. And I and when I was when I was at Texas, I was thinking like. Did he ever even coach football? And then I saw the old pictures of him, <laughs> you know, being a coordinator, and I was like, okay, so he does know football. But but his gift is just his his ability with people. You know, when when he first walked in, I was like, uh, who is this guy? I want to get out of here. I want to leave. You know, and even the things he said. But he learns. He learns. Okay, mm-hmm. and he cares about people. And so we had this long meeting. You know, he said, I know you're probably going to leave, but you know the most about this team, so break it down for me. And we spent about an hour and a half, two hours of me telling him everything I thought about the team. And the next day I started to see him implement the changes I suggested. And after that, I was like, this guy listens. He's going to empower me as a leader. He has my back. And so it made it easy to, to make the decision to stay for my senior year. And then he, he came through on all of his promises. You know, he, he was he, he was more committed to me winning the Heisman than I was committed to me winning the Heisman. Wow. And, and he did a wonderful job of supporting me uh, and making me feel like, like I could do it. Well, I'll just say this. And, and I've, I've still been taking hits for 25 years over the fact that you didn't get 10 yards in a damn football <laughs> game to get, to have a thousand yards as a freshman. And that's not my fault because I was supposed to be, I remember this and I'm, I'm, I'm begging to you to get these people off of my back today. My job was to coach in the game. My job was not to keep stats. And you know damn well if somebody would have said you needed ten more yards, people said that was like that was my job. My job was to keep your stats of what was going on in your freshman year. And I said that's not that was not my job. Yeah, it's true. So here here's the reality. Okay, it, it all it really goes back to the Hawaii game. Okay, oh, it, that like it's it's not even it's not even the it's not even the end of the season. It's really the Hawaii game. I think I had like ten carries for ninety yards. Okay, and the 10 carries come on you can at least give me 15 carries right <laughs> so if, if i would if i would have had a couple more carries three more carries in that game i would have Dude, had a thousand yards my freshman year but but here's the other part of the story no one expected me to a freshman fullback to run for 160 yards against the number one defense in the country so you know it really i should have had maybe 60 70 yards if that against the aggies and then it wouldn't even been a conversation but I just went off that game and I got close enough. So then it makes, it looks bad going back to the Hawaii game. You should have just left me in the game. Yeah. With, okay. There you go. With all these, say, with, you with, have with to all hold this against him, Rick. Yeah, like, now there's, on, yeah, don't hold it against me, but uh, all these, all these years of playing the Southwest, a little bit of Southwest conference, the big 12, um, you missed the, the Aggies. They're back sec. We're back that to that next year. Did you miss that game? Cause when people will always ask me, I don't know if they you've gotten this question. 
your biggest rivalry. I know the Oklahoma State, the Oklahoma game means a lot to Texas fans, but playing against Texas A&M, is that not the best of all? Oh, it's the, it's, I mean, obviously, you look at my stats in that game. You look at me breaking the record. When I, when I first came on my – even on my recruiting trip, okay, the way the guys on the team would talk about the Aggies, you would think they were all 6'5", 250 pounds, <laughs> running four threes. And they kind of were on that defense. But, <laughs> but they were, like, afraid of them. And so it became this, this thing of at the end of the season, we have our big test. And right. for my my freshman year, for us to go to College Station and, and and beat them the way we did, you know, it really it really set the rest of my my career. And I think that was really the turning point for the program. It culminated with with Vy winning the the national championship and, and the Rose Bowl. But I think the the shift really began that Texas A and M game. Well, well, I know we got to let you go. I know you got things to do, and we're we're getting ready to go off soon. But I'll just say. Thank you so very, very much for all these wonderful memories. Thank you for taking care of my oldest son. You guys have done well together. Um, you've been an inspiration to a lot of folks. As I said, the, the things in your life, this, is, this has been a wonderful journey for you. It was, a wonderful, it was a wonderful time in my life being able to be around you. As I have always told people, the smartest football player that I've ever been, not, not the best best running back of all time and all this other stuff. I said, but he is the smartest football player who I think, I think a lot of young players that are going to get an opportunity to listen to this need to understand they need to learn about the game, not just about the position. It's about all the other positions that are important. You knew everything that as, as Octavius Bishop would say, Ricky, you need to run on this side. No Octavius. You just need to make your block. I'll run where I need to run. You do your job. I'll do my job. And yeah. you knew exactly, you knew the players, you knew what they were capable of doing. You knew what the offense was all about. And my last thing is to ask you about a, a young player that doesn't get all the credit I think he deserves at, at the University of Texas, James Brown. Hmm. Uh, you played in a championship game. Championships are hard to win. And for the Texas Longhorn, every, all eyes are on them this year with Steve Sarkeesian in the last year in the Big 12. You were part of winning the Big 12 for the first time, the first Big 12 championship over Nebraska. Your thoughts on... James Brown. Yeah, so my my first experience of James was he was a he was a sophomore when I when I came in and so and he, you know he wowed everyone as a as a freshman and so ah such a uh, dynamic electric player made plays with his feet made plays with with his arms before we had black quarterbacks really doing this especially at Texas uh, and it made my success so much easier and I you know people ask who's the best quarterback you ever played with the the truth is James Brown, you know, I, I didn't have a, a great opportunity to play with great quarterbacks in, in the NFL, but, but what James was able to do in making plays, it made my job so much, so much easier. And, you know, the, the most difficult thing about football, I always say is injuries. And this is a, an example of if, if he could have stayed healthy, you know, not only would his career have been so much better, but Texas would have been so much better. Well, right. that's interesting. You say that. And I got anything I else for him. I got to be selfish. I got to be selfish, but I know people will get mad at us, Buck, if we don't ask Ricky about yes, the 2023 yes. Longhorn. So y'all mentioned it. Texas won the Big 12 the first year. Texas was in the Big 12. The Longhorns trying to do the same in their last year in the Big 12. Ricky, what are you feeling about this team? Do you think they have the chops to get it done here in 2023? I mean, it's unfortunate. Like this question comes up every year, you know, and, and I'm the, <laughs> I'm a hopeless optimist, you know, <laughs> But but I guess what I can say differently this year is I really like Sark. 
And I, I think, you know, we see the past couple of coaches after a year or two, we started to feel everything get kind of stale and go downhill really fast. This is the first time where I feel like we're actually building and gaining momentum. So I have even more optimism this year than I have had in the past 15, 15 wow. years. <laughs> that's hard. It's hard to say at Texas, isn't it? But it's the truth, brother. It yeah. really is truth. Ricky, yes. once again, thank you so much, man. Yes. We, we, we really appreciate it. I love you. Take care. Take care of the new baby. Uh, I know you got your, your babies here in the Austin area. And it's almost – you are to the point of almost – sending some of them off to college here very shortly. That's, that's how long it's been. And, and of course, uh, Marley back in, in Boston, are, are you not a grandfather now? It's not just I'm Ricky a grandfather. Williams. Yeah. I'm a grandfather. Just, you are I just got to give a shout out. So I give a shout out. Yeah. The kids are about to go to college, but I've been prepared for paying for college because St. Stephen's man, goodness gracious. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like college. It is college. It's like college. What are you talking it's, about? It's, it is college. But the, yeah. the good news is though, your kids go to St. Stephen's, they're gonna pretty they're gonna get into a good college. Cause Prince, ah, he barely, he barely survived St. He's Stephen's. like you. But he got into all the colleges he applied to. So I was like, hey, it was worth it. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. The ed- education around here and 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 for your kids and Asha, she's she's probably ready. She's getting close to that that she's age. She's a senior. She's a senior, yeah. Senior in high school. Yeah, oh. she's ready. Well, well, once again, thank you so much. Thank you for taking care of my son. You're like a son to me. Uh, uh, you've enlightened my life. And Ricky, on my, and as you used to tell me, I can, I can, you think I can still have a drink. Yeah. I'm, guess what today is my 23rd year of sobriety. Wow. Wow. And that, you know me, 23 yeah. years. Well, I know. I remember the, the hotel rooms. The oh, hotel don't even, rooms. no, let's not even go there. That's what's the, oh my God. from another conversation. Hey. Now, we're about to go off here. <laughs> No, hold about? on, hold on. We'll do that. The next time we get you in a podcast, we'll tell some of the night before the games and some yes. of the, you know, the liars dice games that we would play before and who was in charge of the movies. Remember the movies? That we I, remember to go? The mo- I remember the movies, the te- tales from the hood. Oh my God. I tales from the hood movies. Some of the worst movies the night before the games I was in charge of, of bringing and bringing and having the, having the football players who were getting ready to play in a game, eat a bunch of candy the night before the doggone games. And I was wondering why they were still up at two o'clock in the morning. Ricky, thank you so much, man. And be careful. Love you. Thanks, Buck. There he goes. Thank you, Ricky. Awesome. How about that? Oh, awesome. No. They don't want to be telling those nights before. No. I'm glad you teased it, though. Next time we get Ricky yeah. on, we're going to have to hear a couple of those stories, man, because uh, I don't think I've heard enough of those stories. Wow. And I know our listeners are going to love them, too. Yeah. Man. You wonder why I had to get sober? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's yeah. uh, one of the reasons. That was awesome, man. He was he was fabulous. That's a that's a fabulous young man. Although he's now a grandfather, he's not How just that? a dad. Yeah, he's a grandfather. Ricky has a 23 year old daughter wow. that people people don't know. Marley, yeah, named after Bob Marley, of course. There you go. Oh, no surprise with uh with Ricky's history. That's amazing. Man. And interesting thoughts, BK, on, on on running backs and what he talked about, too. I thought that was – that's intriguing. I mean, hey, you chose the position. This is what you play. This is the money that's going to be slotted for you. You're going to get hurt eventually. Not many running backs get through their careers. And he's saying about five years, that's it. 
Yeah, and that's not what running backs want to hear, right? Because no, they don't want to hear Ricky talking. They don't want to hear Ricky Williams talking about them. Believe me. Well, well, you think about it, like Bijan Robinson as a first-round pick, right? The rookie contracts for first-round picks are four years plus that fifth-year option. Mm -hmm. So if Bijan only makes it five years in the NFL, which I think he could be that outlier, by the way. Like he's not Derrick Henry size-wise, but I think he could be that Derrick Henry, Adrian Peterson type longevity-wise, because I just think he's that good of a talent, and I think he keeps himself in really good shape. But, man, if it is only five years, that's one contract. And nobody wants just their rookie contract, right? They're trying to get paid. They want the big, they want the big contract. And, as you said, the ability to catch the ball, you can't just be a running back anymore. Your, your, your game has to extend out to the wide receiver position as a running back. Those, those used to be – the primo position used to be running back. It, always, it always used to be about Gale Sayers or Jim Brown or Barry Sanders or O.J. Simpson. It is now you have to be a combination of all of that and a fantastic wide receiver in order to get to that second contract. And it looks like, and it looks like the way the NFL is set up, they're not going to let you get to that second contract. Two other people are going to split the contract as you thought you were going to get. They'll get five or six people out of that contract. Yep. That's tough. That's tough at that position. Yeah, the quarterbacks are getting paid. Hell, everyone's getting paid. Receivers are making 30 mil a year now. Offensive linemen are making upwards of 20 mil a year now. Pass rushers are getting close to 30. And running backs are struggling to get 10 right now. And they still are really important, but it just feels like teams have been able to draft running backs late in the draft. It feels like teams have been able to find you know cheap free agent options on the streets, and they've had similar success to what uh, the teams with the best running backs have had. And if you look, in recent years, Buck, the teams that have won Super Bowls do not have top running backs in football. That's like right. The Chiefs, the Chiefs had a seventh-round rookie as their leading rusher in the playoffs last year, and Isaiah Pacheco. Like yeah, this. And, I, and, and BK, I'm going to say that's one of those I, – I guess the, the way the offense is set, you can get away with that. But you're not – there's there's not going to be that many kids out of Rutgers in the seventh round to come out and do the, some of the dynamic things that he does. I know you can find a diamond in the rough, you're not going to find a diamond in a rough every year like that. That's, I, that's, that's, that's few and far between that, sure. that, that a kid like that, that, you know, cause I keep hearing about the, well, what about Pacheco? What about Pacheco? Okay. When is it? Do you think that's, you're going to find one of those that are going to come in the NFL this year or next year or the final year? Uh, someone will say every year, there's somebody that's close to it. That, mm -hmm. that, that there's an exceptional football player right there. That's not, just because he's in the seventh, seventh round. I mean, that could be a first-round draft, but you're not going to find many of those, I don't believe. No, you just that, you win the Super Bowl because of the quarterback. Like, yeah, if you thank have, you. If you have Mahomes, they could have you at running back, that's and they'd right. still be a playoff team. So, yeah, that's uh, teams realize that the other positions, I guess, matter more to winning a Super Bowl. You're right. I mean, Pacheco's maybe are, are tough to find in the seventh round, but it just feels like there are enough running backs coming out of college every year to where you can find somebody, as long as he gives you a little bit, they can uh, they can make some things happen. Hey, before we uh, before we wrap things up, got to give some love to a few more of our sponsors today, Buck. I'm going to talk now about Woods Comfort Systems. Yeah, if, man, my, my air conditioning folks. Yes, yep, they've got you covered, man. If you need a new AC system in your home, the Buck built the house a couple of years ago. He's got a Woods Comfort System AC set in there. Or hey, if your AC setup isn't working right now, and you'll know if it's not working because it Believe is not a shit right now. Pardon my French. But uh, ah, you know what? Not pardon my French. It's Texas Sports Unfiltered. We can get away go. with that and stuff like that. Now, these guys have been around for 60 years 
providing top quality HVAC services, and they do plumbing as well. So if something's wrong with your air conditioning or if you're having plumbing issues, reach out to our guy, David Partain. He is great people, and he and the crew at Woods Comfort Systems will take care of you. Let me tell you, they'll send Travis over here, and when Travis comes to your house, he's getting it done. He's not coming out there to talk with you and pet the dog. He's coming out here to do his work. (laughs) I love it. 512-842-5066. Or check them out at woodscomfortsystems.com. And uh, one more sponsor to give some love to, our guy Brandon Mars over there at Top Gun Lawn and Equipment Rentals. They've got an extensive selection of rental equipment for everything from small home projects to large construction jobs. All of the biggest brands, they will take care of you. They've been Austin's number one source for all of your equipment, rentals, sales, and supplies since 1996. Two Austin area locations, one in Anderson Square up north, the other on South 1st Street down south. Check them out online at topgun.net. They will shoot you straight. All right, yeah. Buck. Good job, man. This was this was an awful lot of fun. I mean, that's a long conversation with Ricky. Ricky doesn't give those long conversations like that that often, so it was good to have him yep. and get his perspective on things. And that's good to know that uh, he has changed his – his last name because his wife told him to change his last name. Yeah. When are you doing that? Did I tell you who the king of the castle is here? Did you not hear <laughs> me say that before the king? There is still the king uh, using the God bolt name. And you, you got to get into uh, astrology then and start showing her a little bit more love like Ricky is showing his wife, you know? Show her the moon. I mean, come on now. <laughs> that, 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 that's good. It is, that's good to hear him talk yeah. about that, you know? And him being honest and upfront about his relationships and how his relationships are gone. But I, hopefully he's still continuing to build those wonderful relationships with his kids. It's sometimes it takes a while, you know, you, you go off, you're, you're a star like him. And, you know, a lot of that stuff becomes about you and what you have to do and how you have to keep your stardom. But I'm, I am, I'm so happy that, you know, he's, he's now he's remarried. He's got a two year old, but he also have children before that he, feels responsible and he should feel responsible too. And he understands they're getting ready to go off to college. They have, they have, they have needs and they need, they need their dad. They need their pops around and still be really active in their lives. And and I think with Ricky, as he's matured and gotten older, he understands how important that was because he did not have that in his life. He did not have his dad uh, deep into his life where he would have loved to have had a father at, at his house. So a lot of things that he learned, he learned from his, from his mothers and his sisters but there's nothing wrong with that young guy. There is nothing, there's nothing wrong with him. And he's just, as I said, it's been a journey. And for all of us, it's, it's a journey. I mean, yep. it all depends on how you handle, you know, the ups are easy to handle. How you, it depends on how you handle the downs. What do you do? What do you do? How do you, how do you overcome those downs? But he's found a way to do it. And, uh, and that's good for him. And I'm happy for him. Yeah, obviously a legendary football player, but also an amazing human being as well. I've been fortunate to get to know Ricky a little bit over the last few years through you. He is an even better person than football player, and we all know what he was able to accomplish on the football field. For and, sure. uh, yeah, obviously it's great to see you guys keep your relationship going for what uh, two and a half decades plus. Now yeah. it's pretty damn cool that you guys are still as close as you are, and you could tell, man, whenever you guys get together and start having conversation. It's like y'all don't miss a beat, man. You guys kick it like old times, and it's fun to just kind of sit back and watch that too. That is, I mean, it's just incredible, and we'll have to tell the the pregame nights at the hotel when I was in charge of curfews. Wow. <laughs> How did we win a championship? 
Oh, man. Yeah, we're going to need more of those stories. Bucky, congratulations, my friend. You uh, you made it through day one. I'm amazed. You had no technical issues this morning. You didn't need to call me. You were able to set everything up on your own, and you uh, survived your first ever episode of Bucky and BK on Texas on at Texas Sports Unfiltered. Well done, my friend. Looking forward to it, BK. I'm looking forward to each and every day that we we're together and, and looking forward to the rest of the crew coming on and, and listening to the shows that you do with them. So I hope folks enjoyed this and we don't need to give you five hours. Two hours is plenty of good sports talk. You don't need five hours of it. Two is just what you need. Agreed 100%. All right. The Buck and I will be back tomorrow morning from 8 to 10. Please like this video if you haven't yet. Please uh, subscribe to this channel if you haven't yet. And don't forget Trey and BK coming your way from 12 to 1. We're going to turn this into a podcast on Spotify and Apple. If you missed it, you'll also be able to catch it on YouTube as well. All right. Until tomorrow. Y'all stay safe. Y'all stay healthy. And welcome. Welcome.